Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the program. This is the Front Row Material brand. I am Mike Freeland, soon to be joined by my good buddy from the North. His name is Christopher Butt. So many things happening in the world of wrestling right now. Uh, ESPN had some coverage on WWE today. We're actually going to go ahead and talk about that. 
Some other things are going on. Randy Orton, is he going to be coming back or has he not been cleared? We're going to find out about that. Kevin Owens also is unsure about what he's going to do after his current contract expires. We're going to talk about that too. Collision had a really good night for ratings. We're going to talk a little bit about that and what was inside the bag. I think that's going to stir a lot of things up and start people questioning what's going to be the next storyline for Mr. CM Punk. All of that and so much more. Right now, let me go ahead and bring him in. He is the man from the north. He's Christopher Butt. What's going on, buddy? This is it, Mike. Uh, another day. I'm going to talk about wrestling. No doubt make fun of each other. It'll be a good time. How are you? Should How are a, things? It should be a great time. Yeah, things are great with us. Um, I don't know if I told you this. My wife and I were looking for a new house, and it, it has been a bear. It has really, really been difficult. So... We have done so many different tours of houses and filled out applications. We lost out on bids, and it has been crazy. So anybody listening, uh, wherever you're listening at, and you've gone through that process, uh, I know that it's not it's not a fun thing. So we're, we're going to kind of cool it off for a little bit. And uh, maybe that's the big man upstairs saying, you know what? Pull it back here, bud. We'll, gi- we'll give you the right deal when it's ready. So, But uh, other than that, um, going to be doing some yard work coming up. Going to be getting back out there, doing some yard work, getting the, uh, the patio area ready for the fall and for, uh, some bonfires and some, some chilly evenings. So, uh, yeah, so that's cool. What about you? Not really much new. Uh, same old grind. Just, uh, you know, working, working in my wood shop. Uh, Linda started a new part-time gig today, actually, just. A little wow. bit of summer work, and that's about it. That's so pretty simple. Her... There might be like, you have to keep it that way. You know what? Sometimes keep it simple is just the best way. Um, I, I was watching a show, and it was a, as a comedian, and it was um, Sebastian Ganiscalco. Have you ever seen him? I don't know if I told you about him before. He's on Netflix. No. Oh, if you have not seen him or Tom Segura. You absolutely have to sit down. But Sebastian Maniscalco gives this bit where he goes, you know, when I go on vacation, I don't need to have an itinerary. I don't need to be like, oh, on Monday we're doing this. On Tuesday we're doing that. On Wednesday he goes, I like to eat. I like to get some good rest. I like to relax. I don't like to have things planned out. I feel like you and I are kind of in that same category. You don't necessarily have to have an itinerary. Am I right on that? 100%. Uh, whenever Linda and I are going to go on vacation, we'll have a rough idea. Some of the things we want to do. Uh, about the only time we have an itinerary, itinerary, that's a good word, itinerary is if it's uh, like a show. If we're going to go see a show, they start at a certain time. That makes sense. Outside of that, just play it by ear, see how the day goes, and, and it's just easier. You have enough scheduling and hustle and bustle every day with work or not, and not just with work with life yes when you go on vacation you're taking a week off or, or a weekend off whatever it is no just take it easy that's not the point of vacation or not in my book anyhow i, I want to relax a bit you know do something i'm not saying just laze around and do nothing but i'm not going to be on a schedule that that's no good it's not fun because then you feel 
obligated to do certain things. And if you feel like you didn't, then maybe the vacation didn't live up to what it should have been. I mean, I'm with you. Play it by ear. But when you're going to shows, absolutely. When you book tickets for a show, those are the things you want to do. But everything in between, did we get to go to this place? Maybe not. Maybe we'll get that next time. But you know what? Just enjoy yourself because time goes by so fast. It's it's unbelievable. And it's it's cliche to say that because everyone says that, right? Time goes by like a, a blink of an eye. But it truly, truly does. Um, you know. Unbelievable. You're you're 45. I'm approaching 30. I mean, it, it's not exactly yeah, the same. I'm 44, and you're well over 35. Maybe 35 and a half, maybe. I don't know. Did you no, ever do I, those half birthdays, or did you ever know people who did half birthdays? No. Have you heard the concept? If anybody I knew started doing half birthdays, we wouldn't be friends anymore. That's no. dumb. <laughs> People do them. I knew people growing up who did half birthdays. They would say, um, you know, obviously six months, and they would say, oh, it's my half birthday. So they wouldn't do a full-fledged birthday, but they instead of having like a cake, it would be something smaller, like a wedge of a cake, and um, they might get a gift or so, but then they'd have to wait the next six months to get the other half of it. Stupid. Does that fall in the fooey category? No. It's way worse than Fooey. That's wow. Dumb. That's as bad as the Fools. Hey, this is our three-month anniversary. We've been, we've been dating for three months. That's stupid. Calm down. No one gives just a shit. Yeah. settle down, okay? Yep. Keep it in the back. That's just nonsense. Or Christmas in July. That's stupid stuff. Dumb. Dumb. No. Just, no, half birthday. Yeah, half birthday. Have you ever, have you ever heard of... Now, my wife's family celebrates this, so I can't really knock it too much, but it's called your golden birthday. Have you ever heard of the golden birthday? <laughs> no. No. Are you thinking golden shower? Would I do like something you like thinking that? that oh, you think like, on you? Like, you where everyone just word. whips it out and just whizzes all over you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called your bukkake birthday. It's your no, oh, I've never that's heard worse. Of that's worse. Sorry. A bukkake birthday? I need a few things from the grocery. Do things alone now, mostly. Left me heartbroken, not looking for love. Surprised in my eyes when I looked above the checkout counter and I saw her face. My heart stood still, so did time and space. Never thought that I could feel real again, but the look in her eyes said I need a friend. She turned to me, that's when she said it. Looked me dead in the face, asked cash or credit, and I shizzed in my pants. It's perfectly normal, nothing wrong with me, but we're going to need a clean up on aisle three. And now I'm posed in an awkward stance because I shizzed in my pants. To be Fair, you were floating a lot. Plus, the way you bag cans got me bothered enough. Please stop acting like you're not impressed. One more thing I'm gonna pay by check. Last week, I saw a film. As I recall, it was a horror film. Walked outside into the rain. Checked my phone and saw you rang. And I jizzed in my past. Speeding down the street when the red lights flash. Need to get away, need to make a dash. A song comes on that reminds me of you. And I jizzed in my past. The next day, my alarm goes off. And I jizzed in my past. Open my window. When a breeze rolls in, and I... I've never heard of a golden birthday. What is that? Is so, golden, no, a golden birthday is so. I was born on March 17th, so basically, when I turned 17, that's my golden birthday because I was born on the 17th. So, basically, the date when it lines up with your age, oh, never heard of that. 
Yeah. So basically, you get capped out at 31 or 30. So, because that's how many days are in a month. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know what you guys follow up there. Up in Siberia. I'm sure the Ohio educational system is much better than ours up here. I don't think it's, no, it's not. It's not that great. I'm a, I'm a byproduct of it, so I don't know what that says. Fair, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, golden birthdays, half birthdays, uh, no, no bukkake. Oh no way! There's no way a bukkake birthday. Holy lord! Okay, now that we're going down that road real quick. Oh, not here we go. Not that I watched this, but I remember I was in, I guess, college, and someone showed me a clip. And if you're listening, you can go look this up yourself, or maybe you have the VHS tape. Peter North, and I'm going to tell you right now, Pete North, whoa. And what I mean by whoa, you'll understand once you see the video. We're talking... Just a weapon? Yeah, but I mean just the volume. I mean, do you remember when Bill Murray got slimed? by Slimer and Ghostbusters 1 when they went into that uh, really fancy hotel restaurant. Just like that. Good grief. Uh, let's see, I'm getting a text message here. Hold on a sec. So, yes, so that's what's what's going on with us and whatnot. So hopefully life is treating you well wherever you are listening from. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, we've got really, really good numbers, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, we have. So thank you to the thousands of people who continue to download us each and every week, each and every month, and continue to listen to us. If you have a friend who likes wrestling or just banter, bullshit, whatever it may be, maybe you're going on a long trip and uh, you want to put something in the car just to kind of help you as you go down that highway, listen to us. It's a front row material brand. You can find it just about anywhere fine podcasts are made available. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Mike Freeland, and pinned to my Twitter is uh, is all the links that you can go to find our show. Now, are we able to call it Twitter anymore? Are you still calling it Twitter? Yeah. We'll see what I'll call it. X. Well, did your did your icon on your phone change to the X? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, like Thursday or Friday or something changed. I remember why we did you change it? it? What's the deal? I don't know why Elon Musk changed it. And, and the other thing is, if you're going to change it, okay, but why letter X? I just don't understand. It's not very catchy. It's just like when people, whenever you see these t-shirts nowadays, everything's a skull and then wings. You ever notice that? Oh, man, it's a great t-shirt, dude. It's got skull and wings on it. Yeah. America. Well, I don't live in America. Be glad you don't. (laughs) Oh, can't be that bad, Mike. Can't be that bad. You guys got aliens and stuff now. You know what? So you, you we're, got we're something gonna, new to talk about. And... We are gonna we're gonna get into the alien thing, and it's not fooey. And I'm telling you right now, Butster. Um, there's so much good information I'm gonna share with you. In fact, I'm thinking about starting a second podcast um, about UAPs. And What's uh, a UAP. I'm not gonna go into it right now. It's the new term for a UFO. Why did they change the name? Because UFO got such a bad connotation to it. Oh, UFO. You see that UFO? You see that UFO? Get your pickup truck that drive and get it. No, that's not good. It's unidentified aerial phenomenon. And these are not just witnessed by people who live in trailer parks. So, don't Fooey. don't give me that. How many cans of beer were drank before they see these things? It's science, man. This a little natty light going down and mm-hmm. then you see UFOs. Speaking of this, let me, uh, let me listen up. 
Did you hear that? Are you into the old uh, heart attack juice? I'm into the heart attack juice. I'm doing another Red Bull. This thing is, uh... God. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, it's 16 fluid ounces for the rest of you weirdos. Uh, 473 milliliters, who I have no idea who uses milliliters, but... Right here. To each their own. They don't use feet and inches. I'm, I'm gonna use centimeters, because that no. makes more sense. I don't use centimeters. We use miles, not kilometers, or I, kilometers, or whatever they kilometers. call Kilometers. Well, I know both. I'm sure you do. You're a successful person. You're an intelligent. You are smart. I don't know about any of that, but I appreciate it. How did you do in high school? Terrible student. Seriously? I was god-awful. Why? Just because you were bored or you just didn't like the topics? Bad attitude. Didn't care. Didn't want to be there. Yeah, it was bad. So what straightened you out? Life. Life kind of gave me a bit of a boot and ass. I'm like, yeah, you're a dumbass. You need to get things sorted out or you're never going to mount anything. Wow. Well, I wanted to have things. I wanted to have a house. I wanted to have a nice vehicle. I wanted to have a couple bucks in my pocket. Yes. You know, I wanted to be able to go on vacations. Wanted yes. to wanted to live. You wanted a good life, so you realized right. that you needed to change what you were doing. 100%. Could just be a knucklehead forever. And so I applied myself and, you know, I'm not a product of a silver spoon family or or. Let's be honest, I didn't have a great education. I tried hard. What was the name of your high school? Discovery Collegiate. Wow, that sounds like, that sounds fancy. It's not. Discovery Collegiate. Was it a public school? Oh, yeah. Without mistakes. Yeah, it's just kind of how that went. And I decided I should straighten some stuff up, quit being a moron, apply myself, work hard. Well, and you've done you've done very well for yourself. I'm done okay. Yeah. You've done very well. I'm content. You. You're gonna go big. We we Aww. talked about this. It's either I either stay small or go big. It's it. This is the the jumping off point. You're gonna go big. Ah, we'll see. I don't know. I got good news about that today. We'll talk about it after. We will talk about that. Um, let's first talk a little bit about Randy Orton. News came out today that uh, WWE was expecting Randy Orton to be cleared for SummerSlam. That was their big intent. Unfortunately, they got news uh, just actually not that long ago saying that, unfortunately, he's not cleared to compete right now. So it looks like Randy Orton will uh, not make his debut at SummerSlam. Let me ask you this question. Randy's had a, a tremendous career. Do you think that nowadays when people go through really bad injuries, they'll say, look at the Brian Danielsons and look at the edges and look at all these people who found a way to come back do you think that that gives them optimism that no matter how bad their injury may be that there is still that chance that they can still come back yeah i would say so you know edge came back uh, and daniel bryan came back from edge's neck was shot from what they were saying those in a bad way it was so bad. They said if he had taken a fall, he could have been paralyzed for the rest of his life. And then he yes. took 10 years off and came back, and he's allegedly okay. So it gives you, it gives you hope. 
to give some people false hope too, unfortunately, I think. You need to realize at a certain point, your body says enough's enough. Right. And and that's it. Plain and simple. You could just think, especially your your old timers will say, man, a lot of them are in a bad, bad way. Like they're they falling are. apart. They are. Now, everything's changed. Society's changed. Industry's changed. Healthcare, so on and so forth. So that definitely helps a lot and benefits them. But what? There's only so many bumps on your ticket or on your curves. Is that what you say? Yeah. So, you know, and it's true because your body can only take so much. And that's not just a wrestling thing. That's in all pro sports. That's just in life in general. You know, if you're a, a carpenter, at a certain point, that's a lot of lugging and slugging. Things are going to start hurting. Things are going to start breaking down. Just getting older in general. You know, I'm sure you have aches and pains now at your age that you didn't have 15 years ago. I know I do. I, I do. I, I have some aches and pains. I definitely It's do. just the way it is. Things slowly catch up on it. And so that's the thing. It just, it's nice to see when a talent, whatever it would be, wrestling, hockey, football, baseball, so on and so forth, makes a recovery. It is. I mean, there's always hope. And there's always more progression with medicine as well surgeries we didn't have before, treatment we didn't have before. Like baseball, you got Tommy John surgery for the pitchers. You know, a lot of them come back and, and they're not what they were, but they can play at least. You know, when you hear talent getting their knees replaced, or not knees replaced, but ACL, MCL repairs. Yep. Stuff like that. Gives you hope. Right. And, and a lot of people will definitely help, for sure. I think Randy, with Randy, it's, it's his back that's really bad. He's had multiple surgeries on his back. And, and when you look at someone who has had the career that Randy Orton has, I mean, obviously he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's any doubt about that. When you look at the era that Randy Orton was in, from a performer in-ring abilities would you say, because I believe he was, I think he was better than John Cena in the ring. Would you agree with that? Yes. In, in ring talent, yes. I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. No, I don't, it's, it's, I don't think it's close either. Um, Randy came uh, up in, I want to say, oh my gosh, was it 2002? Maybe I'm wrong on that one. I want to say it was the early 2000s that he officially came up in WWE. Let me see if I can find this here. Uh, Randy Orton, Randy Orton. When did he debut? Uh, let's see here. Here we go. Uh, Bill, uh, debut was, okay, March 18th of 2000. So the man has been around for a while. Definitely been around for a while. And I think his body of work has been tremendous. I mean, he's 
He's headlined pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. He's won just about every championship that there is to win. He's been part of factions that have been legendary. Um, what more can you say about a guy who has definitely given his all to the business? Now, do you think somebody like Randy, because they've often said not everybody who's a great player is a great coach, do you think Randy Orton would be somebody who would stick around in WWE and be like a producer or something? Or do you think that he probably would just quietly bow out? I think once his career is done, I think he'll be done. Yeah, I agree. I, I could just see him being the guy because he doesn't like all the uh, attention and whatnot. He, he absolutely he's never liked not. it. So, you know, he's been around 23 years. He's done well for himself. I would imagine at this point he's he's fairly set, and he's still a, a fairly young man. Well, was he 45, 46, something like that maybe? We just so, called ourselves old, and we're he's, as as wrestling standards go, knucklehead. Okay, he's okay. He's forty three. Okay, so I mean he's not old. He's not, not as old, old as us. I'm not forty three. Well, he's not as old as me. How about that? That makes sense. Him and I have aged better than you, though, just for the record. Ever since I gave you that compliment on the hair before we started, now it's gone to your head. Thank you. Full head of hair, buddy. Full mm -hmm. head. I actually do for a haircut. I don't go for many haircuts. I let that shit grow because it's just... I may do the ponytail. Because you only got day. a little bit back here. You got like a, like a seven head going on. Not a forehead, a seven head. Wow. And it's been so great having the butt on this show for so many years. Uh, what a great guy. Uh, unfortunately, you know, all things have to come to an, <laughs> an end. And uh, this was his farewell show. So you can send all of your thank you uh, tweets to at Christopher Butt at GotNoof2291. And uh, maybe we'll bring him back one day. So Randy Orton, yeah, definitely. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's had a great career. I'm really, really interested to see what they do with him when he does come back. And the reason is, do you think he's going to come back on a full-time schedule? Do you think he's going to come back limited? Um, a special attraction type of guy? Will he be a Brock Lesnar type of guy? Really curious to find out what you guys think. You guys can hit me up on social media. Let me know what your thoughts are as far as what the future lies for uh, Mr. RKO. So interesting, interesting. Another thing I want to bring up is, you know, WWE's ratings have been great. They did, I want to say 2.3 million um, when the ratings came out yesterday for SmackDown on Friday night. So they are still killing it with the numbers here. Um, not quite at that level, but AEW Collision came in at 739,000 viewers on Saturday night, and that's actually up 19% than what they were uh, that time last week. And it is being sparked by what a lot of people are saying is a rejuvenation of Saturday night wrestling and how they feel like the matches are really good. And dare I say, CM Punk is either getting more traction now that a few weeks have gone by, or maybe just the crew around him is really upping their game. But it is the highest since their debut episode. Um, let me ask you this, Butster. Do you 
Have you caught a collision yet? No, Tony Khan hates Canada, so we don't get it up here. You you can't you've never seen an episode. Nope. Wow. I don't think Tony Khan hates Canada. They just spent a month in Canada. Well, he needs to work on his TV deal because it's drizzling shits. Well, the one thing I will say is very interesting. Uh, I want to get your take on this one. We've seen this storyline play out many times before when it comes to a champion getting injured, being stripped of the title, then they come back. Then they, you know, in a promo, they say, I'm the rightful heir of this championship. I was never beat for it. I was never pinned, submitted, whatever. So I'm technically still the world champion. Well, Sam Punk came out and did that this past Saturday night on Collision, and he pulled out of this big velvet red bag the AEW World Championship. And it still has his name on the nameplate, and he held the belt up, and he said there's still blood on it from the match against Moxley back in All Out. So they're doing a couple different things. They're, they're kind of doing a mashup. He's calling himself the real world champion, which we clearly saw from Ric Flair when he came into the WWF, when he brought the uh, the big gold, the crumb rind, into Vince's territory and was calling himself the real world champion. And then we saw a mashup of the NWO when he spray painted the championship. Uh, with black spray paint. So we kind of had a little Ric Flair. We had a little Hulk Hogan going on here. He says that Max is not really the rightful heir to the AEW World Championship. I am. We know that that was supposed to be the program that was going to happen after he beat John Moxley. That, of course, did not happen. Whether or not you want to think that he got stripped because of his behavior, I personally think he got stripped of it because he was going to be out for eight, nine months, ten months with elbow surgery. Now he's back. I guess this is a two-part question. Let me ask you the first one. Do you think MJF has been the champion that AEW thought he would be or needed him to be? Or would you say that so far his reign has been not so interesting? I think his reign's been very good. Uh, no, he doesn't wrestle much, but that's kind of the attraction of a champion is, you know, you want to see him because you don't get to see him a lot. And Jeff's done very good. This is his first title reign, is it not? It is. Yes. For for his first title reign, it's been fantastic. It, I've enjoyed it. Some of this stuff's been a bit... Hmm. I'm not sure. But now, is that him? Is that creative? Is that a little bit of both? I'm not sure. But for a first title run, for a young man like him, I think it's been fantastic. Uh, then There's really nothing that's been bad. Some stuff that's maybe been a little questionable, but nothing's been, oh, Jesus, this is terrible. I can't think of anything. I, I don't know if you can. If you do, would love to hear it. But I think it's been good overall. What do you say? I like his in-ring work. His in-ring work as a heel is top-notch. So I will never question that. His promo abilities, I think, are really good. I think the part that I'm not a big fan of, and, and maybe I'm in the minority, and 
I just don't like all the Gaga stuff. I don't like the dancing and all the silliness and, you know, when he and Adam Cole, uh, boundaries, privacy, the hugging and the skits that they show. I guess I'm just not a fan of that. I've never really been a big fan of, of that kind of stuff. Um, then again, that's been part of wrestling for forever and a day, all the different skits and whatnot. Sometimes you got to go outside of the ring to tell the story. But I'm just, I just like, I don't like you. I don't like you. Let's fight. That I'm very cut and dry, very basic. I don't feel like we need a whole lot of extra. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I agree with you there. Some of the, some of the, it's not even necessarily promo. I said spit stuff. Yeah, I could do without. But I don't think it takes away from his ring, though. It's not like it gives a, a glaring X across his ring. He, it was a good ring, but he did this, these skits and dragged it down. I don't think that's the case. It hasn't necessarily helped it. Some of it's been pretty funny, though. You have to admit, some has been hilarious. Some, maybe not so much. When it comes to comedic wrestling, I think... That's a very hard thing to do, meaning there's not many people who do comedic wrestling. There isn't. And I think the reason why is because if you don't do it the right way, you're kind of blackballed. I mean, like a lot of actors, if they do certain movies and they kind of get typecasted as that person, then that's that's kind of their stigma at that point. Um the Danhausen stuff. I have not seen Danhausen do anything on AEW very much. Now, I don't know if he's on the Ring of Honor show more often, but I have not seen him on AEW. Orange Cassidy, I don't necessarily know if I would even qualify Orange Cassidy as a comedic wrestler anymore. No, I don't think so. I think he has a personality, a persona, but he doesn't, I don't feel like he does any silly gaga comedy stuff in the ring like yeah the whole you know, the light kicks to the shins and all that kind of stuff but yeah, i don't know if you've noticed this but even that's kind of gotten phased out and he's been really just having these great matches that are high intensity and just really great ones where it shows his range of wrestling so the comedy stuff i could do without i really really could because now it starts to borderline on the bushwhackers and I get it. The kids were all into that kind of stuff. I never liked it. I was like, this is stupid. Like literally this is dumb. Um, but I like MJF. I think the MJF Adam Cole thing, they're going to have to clash at some point. You know, where do you go with it? I think obviously you're going to have to put them against each other. Here's where I think is going to happen. You know, so many people were thinking that MJF is going to turn on Adam Cole, right? Mm -hmm. I think Adam Cole is going to turn on MJF. And I think Roderick Strong is going to join him. I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to come on out. I think Marina Shafir is going to come on out. And I think they're going to have a brand new faction right then and there. And I think it's going to be really good. And I think that's how Adam Cole then becomes a heel. And then it subsequently will turn... Uh, MJF into a baby face. I don't want to see him as a baby face. He's a baby face right now when he does all that silly shit. Yeah, but he's still a prick. So if he turns full on face, 
Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call him a baby face right now. I'd say he's probably more of a tweener. Yeah. MJF is a baby face. How's that going to get over? This whole persona is he's an asshole. Yeah, but he could be. Here's he's a way. Obnoxious, he's a but piece. people could have sympathy because it could be looked at as he was a dick. And then he actually opened himself up. And he opened himself up to Adam Cole who people adore. And it was like, man, we really get to see a happy Max now. And then all of a sudden, and the crowd's loving it, the double clothesline stuff. And now if Adam Cole turns on MJF and shatters Max and just like, oh my God, like Max is just torn apart from it, that could easily turn him into a into a full-fledged baby face. But what do you do with Max though? Then he's going to be out no hugging babies and petting puppies. Well, you're not allowed to touch people in the audience anymore. Remember the rules we went by? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So you can't hug babies or kick puppies. Um, pet I don't puppies. Pet them, not kick them. Oh, sorry, my bad. Or not, cook them. Not Snitsky. Oh, jeez. Um, when he was that the skit he did with Lita when he punted that doll? Oh my yeah. god, that was so punted the doll fifty yards out. Oh my! It was a good kick, though. Like, who did the I, piss out of it? Oh my God! I mean, he he could have been a, a an NFL kicker from forty yards out. That would have been good. Um, could you imagine that happened now? No. God. It will along lines with that. It was, it was an abortion angle, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. And it was terrible. I was like, oh my God, you got to be freaking kidding me. Um, So anyway, I think he could, he could become full baby face. And do I think that that is a good idea? I don't know. It could be. Um, Once again, we've already seen Max as a bad guy. Why not see him as a good guy? I don't know. I like him as a heel. I actually, I absolutely love him as a heel. Hell, I got a shirt on tonight. I don't you do. I don't want to see him as a face. I just don't see how that's going to fly. Well, my friend, I think it could do very well. I think it could do very well. That's just it my very opinion. well could. Like, and I'm not trying to argue with you about it. Please don't take it as that, or I'm not poo-pooing on your idea. I just don't see how that will get over. Um, speaking of Max, how this could change, I don't know if you remember this, but, but MJF was in MLW and he was in a faction MLW at the time. It was called the dynasty and it was he, and it was Richard holiday and it was Alexander Hamill, uh, Hammerstone and they were very successful. Um, I think personally, I don't know if you heard the news here, but Richard Holiday was backstage at AEW. Mm-hmm. Could he be there? Could he be maybe coming into the mix? Might they do the dynasty thing again, putting Max into another um, faction? I mean, I know Hammerstone is signed to MLW, but for how much longer? We don't know. Maybe Hammerstone comes in. I, I love, love Hammerstone. I don't know if you picked up on that, but yeah, I've I've caught that a couple times. God, he's so good. 
But uh, do we need more factions in AEW? I don't necessarily think that we have an overabundance. I mean, I think some of them exist, but they're just not a real faction. Like best friends. Is that really a quote unquote a faction? Eh, They're a tag team. Yeah, and then they have um, Rocky Romero with them sometimes. Rocky Romero does things, um, obviously, because he was part of Rapungi Vice, which was what the tag team was when they were in New Japan. So, yeah, that is okay. So, I'll give you that one. You got House of Black, The Elite. The Elite. You have Death Triangle. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to butcher this one up. Uh, Infimle Gubernables. Yep, sure. You got that one. You got the Dark Order. Yep. Jericho Appreciation. Jericho Appreciation Society, the Don Callis family. I think the Don Callis family thing is going to be great, by the way. I think so. I love Don Callis. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Don Callis is in the same category as far as great heel managers as a Paul Heyman currently is with Roman Reigns? No. No. He's very good, but I think Heyman is just on a different level. Yeah. Up, up above Don Callis. I'm not saying Callis is not good. I just think Heyman is that good. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, you got the Blackpool Combat Club. The Blackpool Combat Club as well. You're right. Speaking of Paul Heyman, I kind of teased at the top of the show that uh, somebody, a WWE star, was a part of uh, First Take on ESPN. And it was obviously in character. Roman Reigns was there. Uh, Paul Heyman was there. Stephen A. Smith was there. And I forget the new host of the show. She was there. And Stephen A. Smith was talking about, you know, the, the, the greatest heel managers of all time. And Stephen A. said, you know, Bobby Heenan. And Heyman says, no, I'm, I'm the goat. And he said, because, you know, he's dead. And it was like, whoa. Holy shit. So if you haven't seen that, definitely go to YouTube and you can find, type in Roman Reigns first take or Paul Heyman first take ESPN. He makes that comment. He's like, yeah, well, he's dead, Stephen A. And it's just like, oh my God. I mean, obviously it's in character, but once again, there's certain times when you just kind of need to know when not to. I don't like that one. I, I don't like that at all. And And I'm not one that gets offended. I'm not a PC person by no stretch. But I don't know. I just, I don't like that. I'm not, that's, no. It's a bit much. Yeah, that was in poor taste. And I love Heyman. But that was bad. Maybe he's, uh, maybe Paul Heyman is, and maybe this is WWE wanting to be more edgy. Maybe they are. Maybe they're trying to. Maybe not necessarily go back full full fledged um, attitude era, but I mean, to some degree, maybe they would do something like that. I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, there's having some edge, and then there's being a bit of a dick. And I, I think, think that was that wasn't edgy. I don't know. That was in poor taste. He was being a twat waffle. Yeah. No. I, I twat waffle, jeez. Should get a shirt. Don't be a twat waffle. I should get that made. Is that a Canadian thing? 
I've I never heard that phrase heard before. That. Where'd you hear that? I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I heard it somewhere. Let's see. Let's see what Google says when you. When yeah, look up. Look at that up. I'm going to also go into our next story. Um, this is going to get me. Our next story coming in is about a fellow Canadian, interestingly enough, and that's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has a year and a half left on his WWE contract, his current contract. But in a recent interview, Kevin said he's not really quite sure what lies ahead of him after the contract expires. Now, many people know that he's been a successful champion inside WWE, most recently with Sami Zayn, who he had been very close friends with, known as El Generico back in the Ring of Honor days. But he's kind of done everything in WWE now, and with injuries that currently start mounting up as he's gotten older, uh, a lot of people are wondering what could be next for Kevin Owens. Now, Butster, I'm going to throw this out to you. I'm very interested to know what your thoughts are if you personally think that Kevin Owens would retire in a year and a half once his contract's up, or do you think that this is just another talking point? People love to talk about stuff like this. Is this just fodder for another discussion for podcasts like us to have? No, I don't think he'll retire. He he still got a lot left in the tank, I think. Uh, so I'd be you got to think he, he's at the top right now. You no, know, he's he's a big deal. He's still putting off great matches. You know, I I don't think he's really battled a hell of a lot of injuries in his career. So don't no doubt now. There's a lot of wear and tear on him too. I mean, he he wrestles pretty physical matches. But I think he'll still kick around for a bit. I can't see him hanging up the boots in a year and a half. I hope not. It'll be interesting. I like Kevin Owens. I like him a lot. And I feel like Kevin Owens is one of those more grounded wrestlers. Meaning, and I'm not trying to like throw shade on other wrestlers, but like he is really focused on family. Like family's a big deal to Kevin Owens. And I feel like he is sensible and intelligent enough to say, you know what? I made my money. I got to do what I wanted to do. I had a great run and I want to have fun with my kids before I physically can't do that anymore. And I could honestly see him walking away and I could see him walking away, you know, in a year and a half. I mean, think about it. A year and a half is a long time in the world of wrestling, especially when you're doing a a schedule much like what WWE does. I mean, they're wrestling, honestly. You know, it's not 365 days a year doing double shots on the weekend, but they're on the road, I would say, at least 200 days a year. Would you say that's, that's a fair assessment? Well, I would say that for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think that he could be the guy who could say, you know what, I've had fun, I've done it, it's been great, but, uh, but I'm out. So, so if he does that, is he out, out, done, finished? Or do you think he, you know, trainer, coach, agent, something like that? Or do you think he's, I'm retired. I'll do the autograph circuit. I'll do a special appearance here and there, but nothing more. Um, I don't know. I could see him working at the Performance Center. I could definitely see him doing something like that, coaching. I definitely think that we could do that. Um. So this was an interview that Kevin Owens gave, and uh, this is part of What Culture. I want to say he gave this interview with the Toronto Sun. 
one of his quotes is, I used to say I didn't see myself not being able to wrestle another five to ten years. But as of right now, I guess I'd be lying to myself because over the last few months, I have to admit, I don't think that's true anymore. I know I have to be involved in WWE at some point, and I know I'll always have a place here. I just don't know exactly where that is. Maybe it's in the ring, but maybe it's not. So I think he definitely wants to stay with the company, but I also think that might not be a bad idea just to, to not wrestle, like still be a part of the company, but not wrestle because we don't know what he's going through from a health perspective. Sure. We, we don't know. And, and we have no idea how much money he has in the bank. He may have a lot of money in the bank. So no pun intended. I was waiting for that. Yes. But, um, I think it's interesting to know what some of these wrestlers are doing nowadays because nowadays wrestlers are talking way more about their futures than they had ever done before. Would you agree with that? For sure. This sounds really callous what I'm about to say, so please don't judge me. A lot of wrestlers have a better future now than what they had. I would agree with that completely. A way better future. Yes. I, I did not mean to say that and sound like a dick. But that's a fact, so. They have a way better future. I mean, think about from this perspective what we know about C. How about now? Unfortunately, yes, I can. Jeez, I'll be, you know, I, we go through this every week. We do. Why do we continue to have problems on this show? No, no. Why do you continue to have problems on this show? All right. So let me continue before I was muted. Um I think we know more about CTE and head injuries than we have ever done before. And I do want to thank Chris Nowinski for being someone who spearheaded that because he's been in the ring. His career ended because of this. Now he's dedicated himself a Harvard graduate in like neuroscience or whatever it is to help those who are struggling with things like this. But we know that CTE obviously cannot get diagnosed until after someone's deceased. But what we do start to see is the early onsets of an Alzheimer's or a dementia, these degenerative issues that people start having cognitively when they're younger and we're thinking to ourselves, well, why do they have these issues? Oh, that's right. They were in a profession, whatever the boxing or UFC or WWE, where physical trauma was a big thing. The NFL, rugby, um, it's just a reality. So when you say they have a better life nowadays, you're right. Because I think they have their toolbox is more full than the toolbox of the older generations were. They didn't know a whole hell of a lot. And I commend these guys that want to walk away. I really do. It sucks as a viewer. You don't want to see some of your favorite guys walk away. But I mean, at the end of the day, If you're really a fan of somebody, you should be a fan of them and doing well and being happy instead of just being a selfish person saying, I want to see him on the TV screen. I think we we all fall into the category of we're a bit selfish when it comes to that. Because if your favorite wrestler, if Kenny Omega came out and said, said, packing it in in three months, for you, you're a big Kenny Omega guy. I know that. Anybody listen to the show knows that. You'd be crushed. I would be devastated. But but at the same you'd still be like, ah, oh, I hope he stays. I hope he stays a little bit longer. I hope he comes out of retirement. You know you're going to. 
And even if he comes on and says, I'm retiring because my back shot, my knees, concussions, whatever it is, still there's going to be a little part of you who's going to be, shit, I, I hope he sticks around a little bit longer. Give us one more match or stay as a, a manager or something. And that's not to say anything bad about you. I, I don't mean it that way. That's just the way we are. Because yeah. And I'm just using you and Kenny Omega for, for an example. But you, you never want to see somebody you're a, a fan of just just go. Because you're selfish. We're all selfish to a certain extent. You never want to see him stick around to where he ends up, you know, like um, in a wheelchair, heaven forbid, or, 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 you know, some traumatic brain injury. But you still hope they stick around just a little bit longer. Give me a little bit more. I I think of the way that Kenny wrestles, and it's not like a Hogan or a a beefcake or a honky tonk or fill in the blank, right? Where they have their shtick, they go through their matches, and not a whole hell of a lot happens. He does a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of jumping and of doing all these contortions and. Every time I see him do something, the, the first person that comes to mind is Hayabusa. And what happened when he went to do that springboard and he caught his neck? And I'm thinking, yeah. Kenny's that type of guy who that's his style of match. And I think if Kenny can't do that style of match, Kenny's not going to become a guy who just tag in, tag out, headlock, you know, drop down, take the, you know, he's not going to do that kind of stuff. He is a high flyer, he is a high energy person. And if he can't live up to that, I think Kenny would absolutely walk away and it would suck because I've been following Kenny for a long time now and he's a genuinely good person. And I think that's why I like him so much. He's a generally good person. People throw shade at him and he normally doesn't really retaliate. He did a few times, but then he apologized. Um, But yes, wrestling fans, we are very selfish. I mean, whether it's football players, like I was a big Brett Favre fan. And I was like, oh, come on, don't retire, don't retire. Yeah, but he showed his body after an NFL game one time when he took his his ribs and all that. It was just blue and purple, and his ankle was screwed up. And it was like, all right, I got to check myself here. You know, I can be a fan, but I also have to have level of compassion. No, I'm with you. We're all we're all the same way. We're all cut from that same uh, that same cloth. Um, moving on to another story that I'm really interested in. Uh, have you got a chance to see the Cody Rhodes documentary so far? I have not. Okay, so I do believe it is on Peacock, and I've seen some people on Twitter who've watched it and said it was fantastic. Um, so I think a lot of people know. You know, Cody obviously came back to WWE after he left AEW. And one of the the really interesting things that was talked about on the documentary, and I have not seen it yet, I'm just going based upon interviews that he's given, was that he said, once we did All In in Chicago, I knew I'd be coming back. And that blew my mind. Because in, in my mindset, I'm thinking he did All In, He's going to start this company, and this is the the genesis. This is the rising of the phoenix. This is something that's going to be great. 
But little do I know that maybe he was doing this maybe just to kind of brush up his resume, you know, to get a shot to come back at some point in time. And I think that might have been what his focus was, was, hey, let me do this stuff, but I'm always got my eye over here if they want me to come back. And that seems to be a big thing with people when they leave WWE. It's always like, yeah, I'm doing these things. I'm happy over here. But they're always kind of like, but you still have my number. You know what I mean? Because WWE is the top of the mountain, Mike. I get that. But there have been people who have been left from the company, who have been fired from the company, who have been embarrassed by the company, done stupid storylines and in, in things that, that – is just not okay. We, we talked about some things before. I mean, with the, the Snitsky thing, with the abortion angle, um, one person who says they'll never go back to WWE regardless was John Moxley because they wanted John Moxley to address the, I believe it was the lymphoma thing with Roman Reigns. And I don't know the genesis of, of what he was supposed to say, but it was almost making light of it, I want to say. And he said, no way, dude. I'm not doing that. That's a pretty never... shitty thing to do. If but they it... want him to do that, come on, man. But crazy. my point, though, is WWE has put people in a lot of shitty positions before. And I said this. It's almost as if like these, these wrestlers are brainwashed or programmed to think that, yeah, I can do these things. But yet, are you over there? It's like, I don't know. Have you ever heard about shitty gimmick ideas? I read it last week. I should have sent it to you. Ahmed Johnson. So you have to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. He's said some things. Yes, he but has. One of the reasons he left WWE is because they came to him with a lynching program. Yep, that's right. Wow. I said that's what I Wow. Like, Jesus, man. Like, that's, I don't know what that is. Could, like, I don't know. That's taking it just a little too far. Yeah. There's edgy, and then there's classless. That's pretty damn classless. It's, yeah, that's that's bad. That's really bad. Um, Certain things just don't belong in wrestling, in society. That's one of them. Yeah. Like, that's disgusting. Yep. No, I agree. I, I don't. What what kind? But see, here's the bigger the bigger question of all this. What mind sits there and thinks that some of this shit is even remotely okay. He didn't name anybody. In, well, I'm in not the, surprised he didn't name anybody. You really don't have to name people. Well, it's probably two. Yeah. It would have came down to two. Realistically, it would have came down to two. Vincent Bruce. I'm not saying who it was, because I don't know. And I don't want to get in shit for saying something stupid. But I'm just... I, I, well, who else would be on the crew? I mean, Vince Russo? That wouldn't shock me, actually. If it was Russo, that wouldn't shock me. We it, would sh- it would shock you? It would not shock me. Oh, no. would not. I I don't know who it would be. I can tell you who it wouldn't be. 
it would not be James E. Cornette. I'll tell you that right now. No. Uh, Cor- Cornette stays away from all of that stuff. He is, For all the things that we say about Jim Cornette and people have said about Jim Cornette, the one thing I will say is he will never do anything that's humiliating or uh, that degrades somebody, anything like that. So you know what? My feelings for Jim aside, he would never. But, I mean, we know Vince has a sick mind. He does. So probably Vince. I mean, th- there's a very small pool of people who would have been in that "quote unquote" writers room when that kind of stuff was going down. So I'll, I'll be the I'll be the shit taker. If no, uh, I just don't want, I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. I'm looking it up here. I'm trying to see if I can find it. So as you're looking for that, I I want to go into this. So I mentioned before that Cody said in a comment he knew he'd be going back to WWE after the success of All In, which was in Chicago, where they set sold ten thousand seats in under so many minutes, under an hour, or whatever it was. Well, Cody would say in this interview, he would say, "I can't tell you why I left AEW. I can't, and I won't. But I can tell you the reasons." Um, that actually came about. I didn't leave AEW because of money. So that's the first thing. And I did not leave AEW because of other talents. I left AEW for a personal issue and that's it. Um, Rhodes would then go on to say that he left the company because he was going to be given an opportunity to pursue his biggest childhood dream ever. And that was to come back to win the WWE championship. He said that was a big thing right there. Um, I'm trying to look for some other really good quotes that he said, but if you have not seen the documentary, and I do believe it's on Peacock, I would definitely check that out. Now, there's a little controversy with uh, this whole Cody documentary. Cody then went on to say, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, if the Young Bucks and Kenny and Hangman were not part of this documentary, then it wouldn't be telling the true story. My story. But Triple H was on the documentary as well. And he referred to, he didn't say, I don't think he said AEW, but he said a a, a second rate or a second tier wrestling promotion. My opinion didn't need to be said. I think it's one of those things where no matter if we say there is no war between the companies, even if we say that there's no animosity between the companies, yeah, there is. There's no war, Mike. There's there's some chippiness that goes back and forth. There's chippiness that goes back and forth. WWE is MLB. AEW is AA. But hey, what it makes pains it, me to say it. You know I'm an AEW guy. But what but makes they're it not that on way. the same what, level? Right, but let me ask you this. What makes one superior? Mm, I mean, are we are we talking attendance? Are we talking television ratings? Well, attendance and television ratings are not even close. Right, but but throw that out because that has nothing to do necessarily with the product. No, but I I just think as a whole, not not necessarily for one specific reason, I think WWE is ahead of AEW in leaps and bounds. 
And now I might actually really get kicked off the show. No, I, I, I see what you're saying. You're probably referring to management as, as a big one. Management's got, there's, there's a lot to do with it. I think WW, or sorry, AEW might have, as a whole, better talent. WWE, much better storyline. Okay. Much better production. Okay. It's it, the company as a whole is run much better than AEW, and I think that's what sets them aside. They're pulling in two point three million for SmackDown. AEW's doing what did you say seven fifty seven sixty. Uh, collision at seven thirty nine. But but here's one thing I, I I'll stop you and interrupt you and I apologize. But here's the thing I think WWE is a lot like Tide, the laundry detergent. Your mother used it, grandmother used it. You're gonna use it. It's that brand loyalty because that's what people have known for so many years. At the end of the day, you are going to be a de facto WWE fan. If you watched it when you were a kid, you're going to probably watch it as an adult. So I don't necessarily there, – there's a loyalty. Like there are sports franchises out there that have sucked. I mean for years the Chicago Cubs have sucked. But people always continue to support the Chicago Cubs. Um, I'm trying to remember there is – and I'm going to get to my point here. But there are some people who – oh, well, my granddad and my dad and my uncles and – we, we all went to this university, and, and by God, I'm going to go to this university. My point, though, is there's a longer lineage there, right, because of time. And I think a lot of people are just so used to WWE always being there that they kind of don't look at anything else. It is like they are pre-programmed to think that that's the only wrestling company there is, even though there are so many other ones out there. Now, you know, they run better – from a management perspective, that can be kind of iffy. I mean, Vince McMahon is back with the company, and we have seen some really weird shit happen and some stuff that should not have happened before or things that should not have aired on TV before with Vince at the helm. Um, They are the biggest spectacle. I'll give you that. I don't think they got the best talent by any means. I think they've just been around longer. I mean, they're Walt Disney World in in... AEW might be a Six Flags, or, or if you're listening from California, a Knott's Berry Farm. I mean, there's definitely the, the history to it, for sure. Yes. But you, but you take some of me, for example. I grew up on WWE. Right. We didn't get NWA where I'm from. Right. We used to get, um, what's Kanye? AWA. We used to get that a little bit. We used to get a little bit of Stampede. Yeah. But it was mainly WWF at that time. But, I mean, I'm more of an AEW guy than... Bless you. Than not. I apologize. A little bit of sawdust. All right. So, that, that's not always necessarily the case. That has something to do with it. 100%. Because some people are... They were reared up on WWE, WWF, and that's it, 100%. But it's not always the case. 
I think this is one mic we're going to have to agree to disagree on, my man. No, I, I, in my book. No, I, I agree. I, I agree with you. It's just going to be one of those things that everyone's entitled to an opinion. Um, now, you could look at this and you could also say it's interesting that WCW, when WCW and WWE were going at it, almost put WWE out of business. Mm-hmm. And, and WWE had been around way longer than WCW was. So that could put a hole in my argument. But I think it was also an era that there was a lot of things happening. And I think it was ripe. I think that the audience was ripe for change. And I think when there isn't change, things get stagnant and it gets boring. And I think that's what happened with WCW. They were exciting, but they never really evolved. They got boring and WWE was willing to change. So, um, yeah, I'll never. Is AEW evolving? I don't. I don't think they had for a long time. I think with Collision, they're starting that ball to roll. Now, now you go that route, just so you can you consider the evolving that they brought in a third show. Do you consider that to be the evolution? Or just a direction of the third show? or Direction. Okay. It, what I mean by that is like just adding another show doesn't necessarily make you any more dimensional, right? It's just another show. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it with WCW, and I hate to keep coming back and making these references, but you, know, you could put a Thunder on there, but it was basically the same thing. It never really evolved. I think what they're trying to get at is, okay, we have these guys, this this t- – pool of talent that we use on Wednesdays but then there's this enormous amount of people who are not being used and we need to highlight them probably because we need to get our money's worth if we're paying them X amount of dollars so they decided well we need to evolve and create another outlet for them and I think that's finally when the tide starts to turn a little bit and you start to see a little bit of an evolution of of AEW giving younger people an opportunity and saying, guess what? We're going to have to have this youth movement at some point in time. I mean, Ricky Starks right now. I mean, people will probably look at Ricky Starks and not think a whole lot, but Ricky Starks, man, is damn good. I would love to see Ricky Starks continue to excel and continue to succeed and continue to work really well. I really think Ricky Starks is probably, as far as must-watch people in AEW, I'd put him in the top five. Well, that's top high compliment. Five. I think he's great in the ring. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of toned down some of his silly shtick, and now he's just gotten really good with just slicing people up with his comments which I love it. Um, but they're going to have to go to that youth movement. They're going to have to find out what Daniel Garcia can do. They're going to have to find out, you know, is Sammy Guevara going to be somebody that we can use, right? Because when you look at what WWE did during the the new generation, right, they had to go in some new directions and try some new people. And there were some lean years. I mean, remember the new rockers? Amazing. 
Well, Grace type teams over. Uh, wasn't that wasn't that hot? But I think, and I've given you a very long-winded answer. I think AEW is starting to realize that we need to evolve, and I think this is where you're going to see it. Now they haven't called it a brand extension, but I think they're going to they're going to draw a line here, and they're going to say this is these guys, these are these guys. I would be more inclined to enjoy that than have. Because if you're, if you're bringing a third show, you have the same guys on it. You know, for their head. Nothing's it changed. Help. Nothing's changed. Right? So that, that would be foolish if they went that route. So I, I hope they do use it, have it like a legit brand split. This talent is collision. Done. No crossover, no nothing. They want to have like one pay-per-view a year. To where the Collision brand wrestles the Dynamite Rampage brand. That could be fun. That could be something interesting. But none of this crossing back and forth. I agree. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this recently, but... And I haven't gotten a chance to see a lot of their shows because you have to. it's on a, on a pay-per-view basis. Um, a subscription, I should say. Ring of Honor's had some awesome pay-per-views. If you've read the reviews for some of these Ring of Honor shows, they've been great. I mean, they have Shabazz Champion. I believe he's going to be uh, starting a new program with Josh Woods, who was an original peer champion. Athena's the women's champion. Claudio's the world champion. Uh, the Aussie Open are the tag champions. I think you are building people up in Ring of Honor to maybe move them to AEW at some point in time. Does that make sense? 100%. Ring of Honor is better to be a feeder system. They'd be foolish not to use them as a feeder system. Right? And Josh Woods needs to be over. You interviewed him, did you not? I did. Right on this show. That that young fellow is fantastic. Right? Great look. Handsome bastard. You know, he can wrestle. He was a NCAA? Yes, he was a collegiate wrestler as well. Right. So, I mean, he's, he can legit wrestle. It's not just fooey and gaga with him. But he will twist you into a pretzel if he feels like it. Right. He's the type of guy you want to get behind. I, I agree. I agree. So, very interested to see what's going to be happening here with... Uh, with AEW, if they're going to continue to evolve, I think they're going to get a great, and it hasn't been announced yet, but I'm sure it's going to leak at some point, their TV rights deal. And I think it's going to be a pretty healthy amount of money. And I think it's going to help the company grow. Now, do I think they should continue to sign people? No. They literally just signed Cassius Ono or um, Chris Hero. Chris Hero. For what? To be a producer now backstage. And it's like, how many producers do you need? A lot. Have you seen a shit show they get themselves into? I, I just, I just feel like this. There's a lot of people who are producer. And I originally thought it was, you know, Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn and uh, Arn Anderson and Billy Gunn. And you know, I do know that uh, there was a. A guy who got released. I won't go into that. But he got released. But um, yeah, I don't know how many of these 
text that to me. What, all the people, or? Oh, who got released? I didn't know that. Oh, oh, you had not known about the, um, oh, gosh, the, the coach that, um, he was an HWA guy. I'll, uh, I'll send, I'll send that to you. Okay. But, um. It's just been ridiculous. It's been ridiculous. It's just so many people. So, so many people. And they just said Scotty Too Hottie. Scotty Too Hottie came in to do a uh, a producer gig as well. Now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if these are all Tony Khan decisions or what. Maybe he is trying to evolve. And this is what he thinks he needs to bring in. People who have been successful working with other talents. Maybe. So now, with Scotty Tuhati, yeah, would you have considered him to be a good wrestler back in the day? No, he was all Gaga, but yet he was a trainer with NXT. Yeah, and did very good. Yeah, and here he, you know, he left there. I forget why he left there. But now he's going to try out with AEW. So there's something to it. I mean, damn good trainer, apparently. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I mean, like, take, for example, Norman Smiley, who you would see on WCW back in the 90s. You didn't think much of him, but people thought a lot of Norman Smiley. And whenever his name gets brought up in wrestling circles, it's Norman trained me. Norman trained me. And he was really, really good. And... He spoke about very highly, very well-respected guy. And I'm thinking he was just that goofy guy who would, you know, he was an enhancement talent, but he was on the main roster. And, but yeah. yeah wearing the chest protector and then doing the screaming and the oh dancing. Oh my and, God. But just too much. Too much. Did something right. He, he, well, at the end of the day, when it comes to wrestling, if you got eyeballs on you, then you're, you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. So, um, something else I want to talk about is when it comes to merchandise, we have seen that normally people who are big with the sales of merchandise wrestlers, they end up getting a push. Because obviously the company sees them as being um, successful enough to financially help carry the company. And I actually have some numbers here that I want to bring up here. Let me see here. I know where you're going with this, I think. Uh, Come on, where is this? I got it on my cheap phone here. Let's see. Do you have track phone in uh, Canada? No. Oh, man, I tell you what, I'm going to send this to you after the show's over tonight. Don't bother. It's a great article. By the way, if you have not seen what I recently tweeted, there is an interview that is done, and it is so good. It's on somebody who uh, worked with inside the government um, with UAPs. UFOs are not real, Freeland. When we talk about about our new show, which is going to be Things like this. Our new show? You're, you're dragging me into that one too? You're in. You are This is going to go poorly. This is the way it works, friends. All right, here we go. 
Let's talk about the top merchandise sellers for the month of July. Andrew Ravens is writing in here um, for wrestling headlines. So I'm going to read this verbatim. CM Punk was leading the pack in merchandise sales in AEW in the month of July. Now, the former AEW World Heavyweight Champion was the top earner in the company. The promotion itself is on pace to be several big earners. Now, here's the data. CM Punk is number one. Um, and his shirt is has been consistently in a daily top 10 sales. The next highest ranking, so he's number one. Number two is just AEW logoed merchandise, right? So anything that has the AEW logo, not necessarily a star, but just the AEW. So that's number two. Number three, I'll leave that one up to you. I want you to guess. Who do you think came in in three? Danhausen, probably. Some. Not Danhausen. Thank Christ. And Danhausen is not on the top ten list. So we're gonna we're gonna treat this like. Um, how many strikes should I give you? We have a list of ten. I already told you one and two. Should I give you four strikes? No, three. They're baseball. You and if you listen country? to the Pesky Report, the Pesky Podcast, co-hosted by the Rit, you can hear all about that. Oh, good promo like right that there. Plug? Yeah. I d- look at that. I'm trying here. Man, you're really getting hip onto this podcast thing, my friend. <laughs> well, it took three years. But hey, hey, that, I'm getting there. hey, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, as long as you get there. Um, so Dan Housen is not. Who's your okay, who's good. another vote that you have um, for somebody? Who's on this list? Who's there's eight more slots. So the acclaim has got to be on there. The acclaimed is on there. Do you want to guess what spot they're in? Six. The acclaimed is on there. God, the screen on this fucking phone. It always like I hate when it's like in the energy saver mode where it's like, oh, well, your your power's low, so I'm gonna only let your screen light up. So I'll just plug your phone in. I only have two outlets next to me. One has the uh, the A machine, you know, and then the uh, the other one has my computer, and the other one is up on the wall. I can't reach it. It's the one that we talked about with Jay Lethal. Oh, I know the one is like four feet off. Yes. So the acclaimed, okay, they're the acclaimed on the list. Got to be there. Um, they're number. They're number five. Okay, so I'm oh. going to give you one. So you have one strike so far. You said Dan Housen. Mox, he's got to be on there. No. Wow. John Moxley is not on here. So that's two strikes. I'm going to give you a little hint here. Mox isn't in, nor is uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Well, I, I take that back. Not everyone in the Blackpool Combat Club. Brian Danielson? Correct. He's on the list. He's number eight. Really that low? That surprises me. This still haven't figured out number three. Um, Page, he's got to be on there. Hangman? Yes. I'm going to give that to you. That's what I would consider the elite. They're on there. They're number 10. They're pulling up the rear. Okay, so now the elite. So if I say Kenny. It's just that- the elite. It's not, yeah, they're not singled out. Okay. Um, So you got Jericho? 
Jericho is not. That's, well. that's that's is that your third strike? That's my third strike. So now you got to go on a roll now. I can't get any more wrong. You're only oh, well, three rolls. That's not gonna happen. Orange Cassidy's got to be on there. He's on there. He's number three. Good. Oh really? Uh -huh. Wow. Um. Malachi Black? No, oh, he's not going to be on there. Nope, not on That's there. That's a terrible call. What the hell was say, I thinking? I was going to say hike up your skirt. That's uh, yeah, that was bad. Um, let's hear. Give me the list. All right, so so here is the deal. Here it is. We're an hour and 21 minutes in. Okay. Uh, CM Punk is one. AEW licensed merchandise is two. Orange Cassidy is three. CM Punk and FTR combined are four. Oh, what the hell's wrong with me? Number five is the acclaimed. Six is Adam Cole and MJF. Better than you, baby. Number seven is Guns Up. Bullet Club Gold. Uh, with Rockheart, Rockheart Juice Robinson in... Uh, switchblade um number eight is brian danielson which you did get correct number nine he's a man called sting he's really? a man called sting he's a yes number nine and then 10 oh. is the elite yeah oh i did terrible so and then obviously it breaks down what the specific merchandise was. So, for example, when it was um, MJF and Adam Cole, it was better than you, baby, that shirt. Um, when it was just AEW uh, licensed stuff, it was the AEW New Japan stuff. Orange Cassidy, it was the shirt that says one line. I have no idea what that one was. CM Punk is the best in the world. CM Punk FTR is the CMFTR shirt. Mm -hmm. um, the Elite is the Golden Elite okay. uh, from Blood and Guts. And then the Acclaimed is Scissor Me Daddy Ass, which makes sense. And then Sting is the Retro um, Sting shirt that they have with the face paint and all that. Nice. So, anyway. That is that. So, are you surprised? Yeah, I am. Uh, Orange Cassidy being three really surprises me. And I like Orange Cassidy, but Orange three, Cassidy. Yes. Wow. Orange Cassidy, I'm wondering, are they grooming him to be something more? And the reason I say that, but, dude, he gets matches every week, and his matches are freaking awesome. Like, they're not slow. They're fast-paced. They're really good. Orange can sell. And I feel like that's one thing people don't give him enough credit. Orange Cassidy can sell really well. He's been selling the shoulder and the fist, and he's been uh, selling the back injury for several months now. And I feel like he's done he's done really well in that aspect of it. So I'm very proud of his his development and his growth. Again, a guy who's not a pillar, who is acting like a pillar for the company? Well, they, they gotta stop that pillar crap. They're gonna oh, I agree. pillar this, pillar that. It's it's a complete ripoff of New Japan. Like complete ripoff. So yeah. was the NWO. 
Uh, let me go ahead here. Let me pull up my other topics. I got some pretty good topics this week. Well, what, by the way, what, what's there something? Is there anything you would like to, to talk about? Is there something that's on your mind? Um, let's, see. let's see. Let me check my notes here. Because, you know, we're not professional at all. We're not, so prof- not, we're not professionals. We're not. So, yeah, we had to. So, the. Uh, who, what's this on? On Insane with Chris Van Fleet. Van Whoa. Vliet. Van Vliet. I've interviewed him as well. Chris Van Vliet. Well, you have. Booker T came out and said, if you can't make it in the locker room, you can't make it in the ring. What do you think of that? I agree. Oh, I agree 100%. Because nobody likes you. No, nobody's They're not going to want to work with you. Going to business. Correct. Right. If they don't respect you or like you, then why in God's name would anyone want to work with you? Yeah, I mean, and that goes for life, not just wrestling, it goes for life. Like, you at school, if the other teachers think you're a dick or you're just being difficult, they're not going to want to help you out or whatnot, run programming together, whatever it would be. Let me ask you this question I've noticed this in life, and tell me if you've had a similar experience. And I'm not saying in the world of education. I'm saying in other businesses that I've worked in. I worked in the media. I've worked in finance. Um, I've worked in a lot of different things. Somebody who I did not like and I didn't think I could get along with him, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to butt heads with him. Sometimes, and this isn't a universal thing, if you're kind of nice to them in the beginning, even though they're an asshole, they may change if that makes sense. This is not always. I noticed there were some people who just – you know, we're just, just real dicks. And it was like, Oh God, you got to work with such and such on this project. And I'm like, yeah, I do. They're like, well, good luck. I mean, they're a real asshole. And when I met them, they really were an asshole. But then all of a sudden you show them a little bit of, you know, that's, that's actually a pretty good idea. Or what about this or that? I like what you came up with. If you show them a little bit of respect or, or you show a little bit, you're giving a little, you know, they say to get a little, you got to give a little. And I think that's a lot. That's true. I think sometimes you can work things out if you endear yourself to people you might not necessarily get along with just to see if you can bring them to your side. You should 100%. I'm not a good example of that, though. I'm pretty bullheaded at work. I know. I don't, I don't play well with others when it comes to new people coming in, and I'm not very good that way. Well, maybe we could turn a new leaf with Christopher Butt, and I think we could have a great intervention. And he's right here. I'm going to bring him on right now. He's been a part of the show, been a part of the panel for a long time. We've kind of joked about him. He's not the macho man. Are you ready, Chris? Sure. I'm kidding. Um, Liam Savage it was a guy who was a part of our panel and knew a lot about wrestling, right? Absolutely. Didn't always get along. We didn't, especially with, I didn't always see eye to eye with him either. I think what you need to do is you need to find that common ground. He is knowledgeable, very knowledgeable, yep. good at wrestling, good dad. He's great at a lot of things. I absolutely give him so much credit. Compassionate. He would text me. Now, do we always see eye to eye? We didn't. But the point is, though, 
whoever it may be, you have to somehow see from their perspective to be able to say, you know what, maybe my perspective isn't always the right one. And when you endear yourself to people, coming full circle back to Booker T's comment, then you can create somewhat of a, you're never going to be kissing buddies and exchange Christmas cards, but you can coexist, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's 100% the way it should be. Yes. I'm not really wired that way. And I'm first one to admit, and it is a terrible flaw of mine. And now, I know you, it is. Where do you think that came from? Where did you think that it was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not working with you. I don't like your attitude or whatever. And it was like, are you a three-strike policy guy? Or are you like a one-strike policy guy? Or are you just like, I got a vibe. I don't like you. I don't need to explain it. I'm doing my own thing. Um, I'm probably a three-strike guy. I think, I think I'm, uh, unless you just come in hot and you're a complete dick. Right. Then it's like, no. That's it. We're not going to be friends. We're not. You stay away from me. I'll stay away from you. That's for the best because it's going to lead to a shouting match. Let's just be done. But for the most part, I think I'm a three straight guy. But there's also sometimes personalities do not jive. Just the way it is. Personalities, attitudes, whatever it would be. Some people just just don't just don't jive. They Once don't again, like like to, to to bring up Liam. Good guy. Yes. Because his personality and mine. Just don't mesh. Didn't work. Didn't work. Right? Not say nothing bad about the guy. Smart dude. Good dad. Loves his daughter. Yes. Fantastic man that way. I agree. 100% extremely knowledgeable wrestling fan. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Fantastic. Just personality clash. It just wasn't meant to be. And I, I've had a lot of people, now that we're going down this road, I've had a lot of people ask me before, you know, and I feel like enough time has gone by now we can kind of talk about this. But, you know, people say, well, what happened to the panel? Well, I can tell you what happened to the panel. At the end of the day, we had so many different personalities on the panel. And, and this is not me trying to gloat or anything to that nature. Trying to keep everyone together sometimes was a difficult thing mm -hmm. because – we were all brought together for the love of wrestling. However, what we also needed to understand was we all needed to respect each other's opinions and takes. Unfortunately, sometimes that becomes harder thing than you think. And here I am trying to spread the ball around, trying to do different things. And it just becomes a difficult thing. And you feel like you're the one who has to rectify it. And I decided at the end of the day, People were wanting to do certain things. They were wanting to go and do different. And I said, you know what? Let's just let this thing go. And um, it'll be two years in March that the panel has been gone. You believe it's been that long? Wow. Didn't realize it was that long. Because the panel used to be a lot of fun. Panel was a lot of fun. Um, right. And by the way, speaking of the panel, somebody who I want to sh give a shout out to, um, Moondog Greg Murray uh, is a yes. world champion. And... If you saw the video of the end of the match when he won the world title, the pop that the crowd gave in the locker room coming out, tell me if that was not kind of like when Mick Foley beat The Rock. Like, everyone was happy. And it was like, could have happened to a better dude. Could have happened to a better freaking dude. 
who has endeared himself to people, who's been gracious and kind. He wrote me a letter, sent me uh, his own shirt. Um, I didn't pay for it. But, um, uh, Moondog Greg Murray is is doing great things, and I'm I'm very proud of him. And I know the Butster's proud of him. And uh, he's a world champion. And uh, just tells you, man, dreams do come true. And I think this is just the first of many world championships that he's going to win. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for him. Dude, I mean, he never looked bad, but he looks great now. And he never made excuses. He said, you know what? I'm going to cut this out of my life. I'm going to cut that out of my life. I'm going to hit the gym more. I'm going to do this. And dude looks fantastic. I mean, with the beard and the do-rag and his his whole attire, uh, he just has the whole package. And um very happy for him. He was part of the panel, and uh, I definitely want to try to bring him back to be a part of some stuff as well. I agree. And don't forget, I mean, we had Anton on. We had Anton. Anton was fantastic. Yes. Right, Mike Cook, when he used to be on with us. Mike the Cook Rit, did a lot of when stuff. He was yes. on. Uh, no, we'd have Travis Bohab pop in every once in a while. Boog That's was right. on with us a couple of times. Yes. All top-notch guys. Good good dudes. Right? Uh, are we forgetting anybody? I want to feel bad the, the writ was the drizzling shits. I'm going to say that right you now. He did. I was trying to be nice, but yeah. I know. He, kind of he, did, he don't know nothing about wrestling. What a weirdo. He don't know shit from her. By the way, if you want to know the difference between shit and tar, check out the Pesky Podcast, available anywhere you can find your area podcast. Boys of summer are back. Baseball's in full swing. Now we're making it to the home stretch after the All-Star break. Follow the Red and his co-host as he breaks down everything happening in the National League or the National League and the American League, specifically with the Boston Red Sox. You can follow him over on social media. He also has merchandise that he's brought out as well for the pesky podcast t-shirts and glasses are now available and you can get them by contacting him through dm they're now what the inevitable because i'm having a stroke because i had too much to the red bull and how sometimes i turn into bill cosby oh dear Drink just up. talking that way not his actions oh my i'm drinking the red bull what are you drinking is that bourbon no this is a uh... A little bit of amber rum and Diet Coke. Nice. Yeah, just a little sipper. Nice. The beard looks good. The beard's beard's getting trimmed up and maybe next week or the week after. Looks good. Looks excellent. Excellent. Um, Got more gray in it than I used to. The gray started coming in when I started doing this show. What can I say? I'm going to put a we'll put a little lecture in your pay envelope this week. It's about when I started getting an ulcer as well. Uh, okay, moving on to our next topic. <laughs> Hope you have a good deductible. Um, I want to ask you a question here. So I'm going to name some movies that this individual was a part of, and I want you to tell me if you know your wrestlers that have appeared in movies. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. So this is just one wrestler, but he has been in certain movies. He actually was on Saturday Night Live, which is probably going to be pretty uh, kind of a giveaway. Um, in 1996, he was in Jingle All the Way, which is a really popular Christmas movie that starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he was in The Fast and the Furious. The Rock. 
if I give you the last movie he was in, it's going to be a dead giveaway. The Water Boy. So here are the movies again. He was in The Water Boy, which is in 1998. He was in The Fast and the Furious in 2019. He was in Jingle All the Way, where he co-starred with Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1996. Name that wrestler. It's not The Rock, and you would think, you would think it was Goldberg. It's not Goldberg. Waterboy. Oh, Big Show. Well, it's the big slow. Can't believe you right. screwed that up. Yeah, he well, was in Fast what, and the Furious. He was in Fast and the Furious as well. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Paul White got to show his range as a voice actor on Netflix Spy Racer series uh, based upon the Fast and the Furious universe. So, anyway. the same as Fast and the Furious? Yeah, it is. No, it's not. My, my article says that. Yeah, it is. What was the dead giveaway? Waterboy? Waterboy, yeah. It took me a minute, but he was Captain Insano or something? Captain Insano. By the way, um, they've already uh, trademarked that because Tony Khan wants to bring that... That's so stupid. Wants to bring that character back. Nope. For the love of God, no. It's over. It's over. Um, I want to talk to you about somebody who I used to be very, very high on, but now I'm really having some doubts. And that was Britt Baker. Used to be really big on Britt Baker. Not really feeling her anymore. Um, do you feel like Britt Baker peaked too soon? No. Uh, she's she's not as sort of looking for her. Relevant? Does that sound bad when I say it? Quite like she's that? not worked into the mix as much. She's getting a little lost in the shuffle. She is right now. This is Britt Baker. I mean, yeah. seriously, if anybody who is not going to get lost, you wouldn't think a Britt Baker would, but she is. She's she's gotten lost. Uh, that's about the best way I can put it. Uh, she just she seems to be forgotten. Just with the with the blowed up roster, and everything's about Soraya and Ruby and Tony Storm. And Brits just become irrelevant. It sounds bad. It sounds really bad now to think about it after I said it. But and and that's a shame because you no, know, she carried the AEW women's division. She was the face of the division. She was. She really was. And now she's just gone by the wayside, which is stupid. She's damn good. I would say the thing about Britt Baker that would be the only knock on her. I don't really feel like she's ever really evolved. I feel like it's the same Britt Baker we've seen since she started for the most part. And what I mean by that is that promos really haven't changed. Like, for example, with Chris Statlander, you saw that she went from the whole alien type of thing to when she go, boop, she changed. She got kind of an attitude. Hikaru Shida. Evolve. She became more of a badass. Um, you see the wrestlers go through these changes, and therefore they become a little bit more intense or a little bit more whatever. And you never saw that with her. Um, you went from seeing Jade Cargill being, you know, um, shut up, Tony, or whatever she would say, 
or and then all of a sudden she kind of started to evolve more kind of kind of baby face in a way not full-fledged but she did she kind of got away from the baddies and whatnot and so she kind of went through an, uh, of an evolution but you really don't see that with with her tony storm went through an evolution she was you know a uh a baby face who really wasn't getting a whole lot. She turns heel. She's world champion. Now you start to see the Ruby riot wasn't getting much as a baby face. She now joins the outcasts. Now, obviously she's, she's flourishing. I really think Britt Baker had just gotten stale. And I think it was the same Brit that we had seen. I think Brit was interesting when she was injured because you remember when she did all those skits and whatnot, when she was in a wheelchair and she was on crutches and, I thought that was tremendous, but it was just kind of like, well, after she came back, like they say, and then the bell rang. So it's not that she's done; she's not washed up or nothing. I mean, she's no, I'm not, still. I'm they not they could the start panic. that out. Literally split if they wanted to. Right, but she's got to put work in herself as well. I would agree. But AEW could also help her. But right now, they don't. They, I don't know. They just passed her by. Because right now, it's all about the outcasts. Correct. The the, the female NWO. Um, somebody who we haven't seen on AEW television in the women's division um, is interesting. Uh, there was an article that came out uh, from Wrestle Talk, and it says AEW star pulled from TV and no longer being used. Uh, an AEW star is being pulled from television with no creative uh, pushing her anymore. Therefore, she will no longer be on television. With Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Soraya and Tony Storm all being the ones who have been pushing the women's division, somebody's been left out. Embracing the babyface red carpet, the team of the Pillar and the Killer were two people who are very successful, Soraya and Tony Storm. But Britt Baker had an associate. That was Rebel. And now she's gone. In the one of the most recent Wrestling Observer newsletters, Dave Meltzer provided an update on Rebel, saying the following, Rebel is no longer being used. That's what we are being told with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And they felt like she did not work anymore with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter being faces. Now, Rebel did join the company in August of 2019 as a backstage person where she would do hair and makeup. Then she ended up accompanying Britt Baker uh, on TV as her personal assistant. She would have a reoccurring character on screen, but after she suffered a dislocated kneecap in 2021, they decided that they had nothing else for her on television anymore. So that's what's going on with Rebel, if you've been wondering what happened to her. I'll throw something out there, Mike, if, if you don't mind. Her just popped into my head. Yes. So, Jamie Hader's out right now. Jamie comes back. Is Britt going to become more relevant again? Because you, know, you assume they're going to put them back together. You would, you would assume that they would, yes. So, that you would think, once again, we're, we're guessing here. No, Jamie Hader's, well, the best wrestler in the women's division, possibly. Top five guaranteed. If there's not even an argument on that. No, I'll, I'll go five. with that. So she's going to come back in. She's going to get right back into the title picture 
I guess. Right? She's aligned with Brit. So that's going to bring Brit up a bit. No, am I completely talking nonsense here, you think? or No, I don't think it's complete nonsense. I can see your wrinkled brow, Mike. So I know you're definitely not in agreement with me. I just don't like when we talk about Britt Baker. Britt is one of those people who she's very polarizing. You either get behind her or you feel like there's a level of nepotism is the reason why she succeeded. Right. Um, obviously the girlfriend of Adam Cole, they obviously want to push her cause they want to bring Cole in. And Britt wasn't the face of AEW's women division because she was the best wrestler. I mean, keep in mind, Ruby Soho is really good at wrestling. There's no doubt about that. Serena Deeb is really good at wrestling. Um, so there's other people on the division that are better wrestlers. Do I think they're going to put them back together? I think they could. Um, well, we talked about this in other episodes. Man, they really missed the boat. They missed it, man. They missed the boat big time by having them clash. Mm -hmm. And it should have been. They should have clashed. And it never happened for the most part. We never really got that big fi finality to everything going on. And then Jamie obviously gets hurt. That kind of changes things. Britt does her thing now. She's a baby face. I don't think Britt as a baby face is a good thing. No. She's more enjoyable as a heel. Yes. I, I think this is a prime example of what we talked about earlier is going to happen if they turn Max face. This is exactly what will happen with him too. That's I don't know because we've never seen you know when we've seen those little those little blurbs when Max has, has pretended to be a baby face um the audience has responded to him and remember any good face for the most part was a really good heel before they turned face and when you look at that it's a perfect situation for Max right here Look at the Roman Reigns situation. Okay, Roman Reigns is a heel. When Roman finally loses the championship and he goes away for a while, right? The machine's going to continue. The second Roman Reigns shows back up again, I really believe he's going to be the biggest baby face in the company. Because you're not going to bring a bad guy back just to be a bad guy again. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to have that evolution aspect of it. I think... Max could be a great baby face and they love him. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. People are jonesing for Max to be a baby face, double clothesline and everything else that he says. They love to hate Max because he's a dick. But the minute Max is nice to him, they're like, oh, yeah, that guy's my favorite. I tell you what, I love that guy. I guess I'm the exception to the rule because I have funny feel he goes face. I won't be a fan anymore. Okay. I like, I like to heal. So, look, okay. So, you, here's another good example John Moxley. Mm -hmm. John Moxley comes into AEW, right? He's automatically a face, automatically. And he's been a face for a long time. Even when he did the Blackpool Combat Club, I think he was still considered a face. Even when they were going through this feud with the elite, 
leading up to Blood and Guts, by the way, they said they made a production mistake and they were supposed to show, I don't know if you read about this, they were supposed to show the post-match Blood and Guts promo that Kenny said that did not air on TV, basically saying, the elite respects you guys. You guys are top-notch wrestlers. Let's put this behind us. Where like, they hugged it out and all that? They did. They did. At the end of the day, that was the that was the blow off for that feud. But with with John Moxley, until he attacked Orange Cassidy, because what Orange did to Claudio, then Moxley was still considered a babyface. Now Moxley went from a babyface to a heel, and I don't think anyone really cares. I think he's a great heel. Do you think he's seen as a heel all the dastardly stuff that he does, or do you think he's still considered a babyface? That's, that's actually a good one there. Um, I think he's probably still a face just because that's kind of what you expect out of him. He's a little unhinged. You know, he, he's, a, he's violent. He's a psycho. You know, I wouldn't consider him a heel. I, I just I would I would say he's still a face. Is the Blackpool Combat Club a heel faction? Why you gotta do this to me? Well, I'm uh, just saying. I'm just. I, I know, no, I know where you're going with it. The, the, uh, here's one thing I want to point out to you. So for everybody who's like, give me something to compare this to. If you've ever watched a show, The Walking Dead. Okay, you ever watched that show? Never. So The Walking Dead basically is a, is a post-apocalyptic world, right, where there's these different factions of human beings who are trying to survive in a world that this horrible disease is infiltrating everyone. And you follow this one group for the longest time, and you get to like them. They do things that are dastardly, but you like them because you know them. Then... This other group comes in and starts to hurt the original group, right? And you're like, oh, those are bad guys. But in reality, the guys that we like, they've been doing the same asshole stuff. But just because we know them, we somehow develop this sympathy in a way. So you almost have to put somebody in with them that's on that same level. Right. And I think that's where the elite worked really well with the Blackpool Combat Club, because I think both both teams are kind of in that even category right here. And I think the Blackpool Combat Club, are they the villains or are they the heroes? The elite, are they the villains or are they the heroes? Which one's which? I think that makes for good conversation in wrestling. For people who watched The Walking Dead, was Negan really the bad guy or was it Rick Grimes that was the bad guy? They both killed a lot of people. They killed a lot of each other's groups. Who's the bad guy? If you really cannot tell, that's interesting because that really allows the layers to be built upon. Look at you getting deep and philosophical and all that nonsense. I tell you what. Maybe I need to start drinking Red Bull. Get your wings, baby. No. Um, so yeah, I just I just feel like it's interesting. We can come back to the conversation as well because I find it to be 
I think the problem AEW has is it's not it's a lot of gray, meaning there isn't a whole lot of okay, this is definitely this, this is definitely this, right? House of Black, you would normally say they're they're heels, right? But people really love them, so they're not really that heelish, right? So it's like, oh, okay. Uh, was Stone Cold a heel? He was a heel that got cheered. So he was a heel on paper, but a baby face in the eyes of the audience. So... Was he a heel or a babyface? You you know what I'm saying? Like people could say he was a heel because of the things that he did. People could say he was a babyface because the people reveled in everything, every single thing he did. It was like the girl who likes to date the bad boy. Mm -hmm. He's a bad boy, and you're like, man, that guy's bad news, but he's so fucking cool. Like seriously, he is cool as shit. Same principle. It depends on what perspective you're looking at. So how do you book stuff when you have two groups of people or two wrestlers that both elicit similar responses? Someone, when you do that dance in a match, has to lead. It, it, it Good versus good doesn't work. You know, oh, I'm going to shake your hand, code of honor, and we're going to lift each other's hands up at the end, and everything's going to be great, and we'll blow each other in the back. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Freeland. You have to have clear, defined lines. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. Because people need to understand, this guy's dastardly, or this guy's good. And we don't really have that right now. All right. We don't have that. Um, What else was I going to mention? Um, Are you excited about SummerSlam? Uh, from the matches that we talked about last week, yes. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't really been catching up the last little bit, so I'm a little bit out of the loop. Well, that's why we're here. Um. So if you remember last week, we had kind of talked a little bit about what was going to be happening with, with SummerSlam, what matches there were going to be. And I think some of them are kind of predictable, but even if they are predictable, I still think they're going to be good matches. So they've just introduced, it's called the SummerSlam Battle Royal. So the SummerSlam Battle Royal is going to have a whole bunch of different competitors in there as well. There's going to be a lot of people, and I do believe that the person who wins this is going to get a shot or they're going to become a number one contender for the championship. Um, and right now, so many people are high on LA Knight. And I don't know, you and I had the conversation about how LA Knight seems like he took a little bit from The Rock, he took a little bit from Stone Cold, he took a little bit from the 1980s, and he put it into a big cauldron and stirred it up. I mean, I can see where some people think that he is blatantly taking some stuff away from other people. Now, with that being said, could you say the same about Ricky Starks? I mean, when you look at Ricky Starks, I mean, MJF even said in a promo, I'm not going to call you Ricky Starks anymore. I'm just going to call you the pebble because you're just a, a smaller version of the rock. But he is over with the audience right now. Now, you and I had talked about this, how backstage he was not being perceived very well. However, a lot of people believe that that's just rumor and speculation. Vince McMahon is very high on LA Knight. 
do not be surprised if he ends up winning this battle royal because if he wins this battle royal, I think he's going to get a big push. And I'm telling you right now, who do you, as you're making a big push for the next WWE champion, Cody and the story or LA Knight? I want to see Cody. You know that. Sure. Business I mean, think- wise, the prime makes better sense to go with LA Knight. I just feel like the Cody story thing, it's been told to us like, oh, well, I came back to win the WWE championship and they tried to swerve us at WrestleMania and when he lost. And then it was like, oh, I'm still going to finish the story. So we're, we're all kind of preconditioned to be like, oh, wow, it, he's going to win the championship at some point in time. Like it's a foregone conclusion. I don't like that. I wish they wouldn't have done that whole backstory. You know what I mean? Talking about Dusty and and all this other kind of bullshit. Like, just have him come in and do his thing. I feel like right now we're all just kind of watching our watches going, what the hell's going to happen? When's this going to happen? I guess it's going to happen. I guess we're just going to have to wait for it. But I think if you do an L.A. night, I think it would be good for business. But then I think a lot of people would turn around and say, well, what about the whole Cody story? So no one expected LA Knight to get over when this whole Cody story thing started, right? My, my, my triumphant return, the prodigal son has come back. So if you switch gears right now and you go with LA Knight, a lot of people are going to look at your booking and say, well, this, like you had this big buildup and now it's for shit. Do you, do you think a lot of people would think that way? Probably because it would be disappointing. You've, you you had the uh, build up with Cody, and now we're just gonna ignore that, I guess, and go a different route. But LA Knight's over organically, though. He is over organically. Hard to ignore. That is very hard for for anyone to get over organically. I mean, we we talked about how rare that is, mm-hmm. and the last person in the WWE to get over that organically was Becky Lynch when she became the man. Yeah, probably. When she got that bloody face and that bloody nose, I want to say it was at Elimination Chamber, she actually filled in for someone who could not be in that match. And because of her performance, she got over organically with the audience, and she was the man. Like, whoa. It was impressive. No, I agree. So, And it's hard when somebody gets over like this, because if they ignore it, say that, Say so they continue with Cody and they're going to push Cody. And Cody gets his title. Right. Which is not bad. It no. It won't be bad. No. Okay. You missed an opportunity on LA Knight. Nobody's seen this coming. It wasn't that long ago he was in that stupid Mountain Dew match. Uh, very true. And now look at him. Guy's money. So it's just there's no good answer to it because one way or another it's it's gonna so many people are gonna be unhappy about it if you ignore Cody and go with LA Knight because he's the guy that's over right now. Well, you wasted how much time and how much promo time and, and money and everything else to push Cody and. Nope, you just gave up on it. You're going to 
put it on the back burner for nine months, another nine months or a year or however long LA Knight stays hot? Or do you push Cody and, you know, LA Knight kind of fizzles off like, oh, man, we could have had something special here. Because when somebody gets hot like this, you don't know where this could go. It well, could go like just gangbusters. Yes, it could. It, it might could. be a short-term thing, but are you not better off to, to try to make the money right now? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's it is. It's just about cash. So do you, do you strike when the iron's hot type of thing? I know that's an overused analogy, but I, I don't It's a tough one because you've invested a lot in Cody, a lot of time a lot of money, a lot of screen time, storytelling. So it's hard to walk away from that because, well, you spent a lot of time, and it's not a good look because it almost makes you seem like Cody just can't be the guy. Cody can't get over, which we know is not the case at all, or I don't feel that's the case at all. But it's just LA Knight just happened to get hot right now. It's hard to ignore that. I don't. I wouldn't want to be the one to make that decision. I know I'm basically just talking in circles, because I don't know where I would go with it. I, and I'm also biased too, so that doesn't make it any easier for me. No, I think if you're a fan of somebody, you definitely want to see that person succeed. I think that goes without saying. Or to just um, push neither one of them and make Otis the champion. That'd be cool. I want to kind of comment. Jesus, now you're Just trying to throw my mind. ignored me. Mm-hmm. Otis, Jesus. Um, I want to talk about the kind of the dilemma that you're in here with an LA night. And what I mean by that is, you 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 made a great point. You said, "How long is this going to last?" We don't know. You have to strike when the iron's hot. You really do. And if you don't you could have missed out on the biggest boom of the next greatest huge superstar in WWE. If you don't embrace it and get behind it and just strap every rocket on his ass and push him. If you stick with the plan and you go with Cody Rhodes, is Cody Rhodes going to be that generational guy, not to steal a line from someone, but is he going to be the John Cena? Is he going to be the guy who, can literally get a ton of people to come in the door because he's the champion. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. But I know LA Knight right now, the crowd responds to him really well. Cody gets good pops too. But whenever you have a catchphrase and people repeat the catchphrase or the end of the catchphrase, you know you're doing something right. Um. So we talked about merchandise sales in AEW. I want to talk a little bit about merchandise sales in WWE. It says, and by the way, let me just give you some dates here. This is from the month of June. This is coming from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. It says, Dave Meltzer uh, stated in the Wrestling Newsletter that Seth Rollins is leading the merchandise for WWE. So the merchandise ratings are as follows. Seth Rollins... The LWO, believe it or not, 
Roman Reigns is three. Rhea Ripley is four. Kevin Owens is five. Um, And then it goes into all these different shirts. uh, You know, the specific types of shirts. So those were in the month of June. I don't have the data for who is the biggest seller for the month of July yet. But that's the way it looks right now. Um, Yeah, I don't know what you do. I don't know what to do with, with Cody Rhodes. I mean... You've basically shown your hand to everyone. Everyone's like, hey, he's going to win it at some point. So I don't know. Don't know. But I can tell you right now that. Well, I think the other thing you got to consider is, and I know I'm rambling now, but LA Knight's not the youngest guy in the world either. So wouldn't you want to try to maximize what you can with a guy who's older than Cody Rhodes? Does that sound intense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Like, if he's hot, use him now because he's older. And it's like, why would you want to waste an opportunity like that? Um, let me see. His name is Sean. See, I've read the LA Knights t-shirts for like one, two, four, and five for sales. Really? Or one, three, four, and five or something like that. That's why I was surprised when you said Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth is over a lot. I agree. Uh, Let's see. He was born November 1st of 1982. So that means a little older than I am. Um, So he's 43-ish. Yeah. No, that was the month of June. So I mean, where where did you pull that information? Um, I'm just looking here now. Yeah, Ellie um, Knight is wow. Like I, I may think he is taking a lot of things from other people, which he has. I still think he's really over, and I think that I think you got to go with him. I really, really do. I'm gonna probably put a poll up on Twitter. Who do you think is more over right now, Ellie Knight or Cody Rhodes? So I'm gonna put that up. So according to Russell. WrestleMania.co.uk Top 5 WWE Merch Sales uh, This was reported on July 25th this, Now it's t-shirts, okay? That's fine Number 1, Cody Rhodes, Claim Your Kingdom Okay Number 2 is the Black LA Knight Yeah t-shirt Okay Number 3 is the Black LA Knight Logo t-shirt Four is the yellow LA Knight Yeah t-shirt. And five is the branded loyal LA Knight logo t-shirt. Wow. And so that's, you know, I mean there's over. <laughs> that that's over. Yeah, it is. I couldn't imagine. I think so he's ahead of Roman? Brock? You know, Rhea Ripley, everybody else, that's that's kind of crazy. Lightning in a bottle? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking something up here. Just trying to see if I can find it from another source as well. Let's see here. Uh, shoot. 
Here we go. When we talk about SummerSlam, SummerSlam is going to be a big, a big deal. We ran through some of the matches. Uh, what was it about a week ago? Two weeks yeah. ago. We went over some of the matches and what we're looking at as far as what the matches are going to be. So what I want to do is I just want to kind of give you an updated um, SummerSlam card here. And I don't think our votes are going to change a whole lot as far as our interest level. But I want to let you know who the prognosticators are choosing uh, the winners are going to be. I think that would be interesting here. So let me... Because Bleacher Report just gave the updated card for SummerSlam, and they, on Bleacher Report, named who they think is going to be winning these matches. So let me go over some of these. So right now, the SummerSlam Battle Royal, a lot of people are predicting that it's going to be LA Knight. Um, there are names in the match, such as AJ Styles, Karrion Cross, Sheamus, Dominic, uh, just to name a few. So many, many big stars. Logan Paul versus Ricochet. Bleacher Report thinks that Logan Paul is going to win. Um, also largely due to the fact that he's had so many great matches so far in WWE. And his exposure with social media can definitely get a buzz going uh, about him. And I think that can definitely help. Uh, Ronda Rousey is going to be taking on Shayna Baszler in what is going to be Ronda Rousey's last feud in WWE. Now, that's not speculation. That's not rumor. That's not what we think is going to happen. Ronda herself has actually said that she has a hard out in her contract and that she wants her last feud to be Shayna Baszler. Therefore, Bleacher Report predicts that Shayna Baszler is going to be going over. Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. The less said about this, the better. Cody Rhodes goes over. This is the rubber match of the two, uh, of the series between the two, and they think Cody's going to win. Intercontinental Championship match, Gunther takes on Drew McIntyre. I think this is going to be a great match, personally. Um, this is probably, or could be, the, the match of the night. Uh, the, the predicted winner is going to be Gunther that he's going to retain. Right now, there's a lot of people who think that Gunther very well could eventually compete for the WWE Championship. There are some people who also believe that he could be in the main event at WrestleMania just because he's had such a dominant streak with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, the WWE Women's Championship match, and, and mind you, this is what's considered planned right now, but it may change. Oscar versus Bianca Belair versus Charlotte Flair. And the prognosticators are saying they think that Oscar is going to retain right now. Obviously, history says that a match like this, Charlotte Flair should win. Um, Bianca Belair, I don't necessarily feel like she needs to win right now. She's young enough. I think she's going to have a long storied career, but you definitely don't want to go back to the well and go back to Charlotte. It's just going to seem like wash, rinse, and repeat. Mm -hmm. The World Heavyweight Championship, new belt that's been added to WWE. Seth Rollins takes on Finn Balor. Um, Bleacher Report says that Rollins is going to retain. Here's the one thing I'm going to say. If you're really wanting to get Judgment Day as a faction over, and we talked about how we think eventually they're going to break them up, you got to give it to Finn Balor. Finn Balor, outside of when he had the uh, Universal Championship, really hasn't had an opportunity to get gold in WWE. This may be the one best chance that he has. Other than that, if they decide to break away with this group and go their separate ways you're going to see that everyone else found success in the group outside of him. Rhea Ripley became a champion. Dominic Mysterio became a champion. 
Damian Priest is on a hot roll right now. Obviously, Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, and what did what did he get though? You know, where where is his moment in the sun? Um, referring to Finn Balor. The undisputed heavyweight championship, Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. I think it's pretty obvious to understand that Roman Reigns is going to retain. What's going to happen after that is Solo Sokoa going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. We don't know. We would assume that we're going to get a solo match with him and Roman Reigns, probably sometime around Survivor Series. But right now, that's still to be determined. That is your updated card and the projected winners according to Bleacher Report. So let's go back to the butt. Okay. What did you What did you find out? <laughs> I was I was going through different tabs. I'm sorry. You're brutal. I throw it to you. Well, I don't know what you wanted out of me here. What? Story of my life. Story of my life. All right. What do we got? Nothing. What well, you want to you were researching something. The LA Knight shirts I already gave you all the information. Good God Almighty. Don't look at me like that. I thought you were doing something else as well at that time. No, I was listening to you. Jeez. And the match of the night's going to be uh, Ricochet and, and Logan Paul. Ricochet Logan Paul could be a really great match. I think that the one thing I will say about ricochet is i don't want to see him fall into that natty nightheart category where and you know where i'm going with this reliable great wrestler company man team player but he's there to get other people over gatekeeper yes i don't like that i don't like that because yes if you have logan paul win you're going to get way more buzz on social media way more buzz yep but the problem with that is He's a part-timer. Ricochet is a full-timer on the roster. So basically, you're going to sacrifice Ricochet in the long-term trajectory of his potential career because I personally think that if you have Finn Balor defeat Seth Rollins, I think a Finn Balor versus Ricochet feud would be really good. Just, That'd be just, amazing. That would be freaking crazy awesome. Or a three-way between those two guys and Seth Rollins. I think that would be really, really good. Or think about how crazy this could be. You could have, let's just say you're really wanting to get people over, but then still kind of end the whole Judgment Day thing. What happens if Finn Balor beat Seth Rollins, but then Damian Priest comes in? stabs Finn Balor in the back, becomes the champion. What do you think about that? Like he's, that? he's like congratulating him. Like, you know how they put him on the shoulders and then thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. down. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, da Damian Priest is a champion. Rhea Ripley's a champion. Dom's a champion. They can say, look, one of these things ain't like the other one. You're out. Where do you go with Finn, though? Then you just have Finn and Damien feud? You could have Finn and Damien feud. I think you definitely could do that. But obviously, you're going to keep pushing Damien at that point. You're not going to give the belt back to Finn. No. Basically, he's going to be just a... He's part of a story. He's not really intended to be, quote-unquote, the champion if you go in that direction. Um, 
if you don't have him cash in the briefcase, then I think that's where you go with the three-way. I think then you bring Ricochet in, you have Finn Balor, and then you could you could bring in uh, Seth Rollins, and you could have a ton of great matches with those guys. Oh, my God, that'd be complete spot fest matches, but they'd be amazing. No, that's an interesting take. I would have never thought of that. That's, okay. that's a good job. Thank you. Hopefully the powers that be are listening. Um, but good job. Thank you. Um, what else? What else? What else? I, okay, so the let's talk about this one here. The Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler. So, did you send me an article about why Shayna Baszler has never gotten over in WWE? Well, Is yeah, I, I quickly seen it when I was should have been working today, and I never really read it myself. To be honest with you, I read a bit of it, but I didn't get a chance to read through all of it. Okay. Um. Uh, where is it here? See, so, yeah, I was from a sportster. And it was just basically why Baser has never been the success in in main roster. Because you think she was she was NXT champion, no? Like a dominant NXT champion, if memory serves me correct. She was um, really good. And it just it never seemed to to translate. And I no. know that happens fairly often with talent coming from NXT to kind of get buried on the main roster or lost or however you want to look at it. But she just never did. And just I'm quickly scrolling through it here now. And they're well, saying gonna... some of it was, you know, Vince doesn't understand the whole MMA gimmick. Wait, wait, no. he can't, he can't play naive to that because that's the whole shtick of Ronda Rousey. True. So I, I don't know. Why? Like, why do you think she's never gotten over? What's your take on it? I don't think she's good on the mic. I don't think she has charisma. I don't think she gets the the. She's one of those people who is just damn good at what she does, but she doesn't have that larger than life persona that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say. It reminds me of a Jerry Lynn, and I love Jerry, and I'm very tight friends with Jerry, so I can say this. Jerry was one of those guys who was probably one of the best that's ever done it in his weight class. I mean, he's the young bucks made the tag belts and he's on the belt. He is always quoted as having some of the greatest matches. He's a guy that people come to and they emulate the things that Jerry Lynn has done before people come to him for coaching seminars and all that kind of stuff. Jerry could do it. Jerry would all also admit I wasn't much of a Mike guy. I think Shayna Baszler falls in that same category. One of the best pure wrestlers, great, technically savvy, takes care of her opponent in the ring. Another yes. thing Jerry did. Mm-hmm. But once again, never had that bombastic, larger-than-life persona. And I think when Vince wants to get behind somebody, they want to see somebody who has that. I mean, is Sean Ricker, L.A. Knight, necessarily the greatest wrestler you've ever seen? No. Uh, is the yeah thing hot right now? Yes. Therefore, Vince is behind it. Mm-hmm. Why was Vince behind Ronda Rousey? Ronda was popular. Ronda also was a big fan of Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Would wear the Rowdy Piper leather jacket that Piper gifted her before he passed away. Ronda had this buzz about her. The baddest woman on the planet. The whole thing. The point is, you you have to have the in-ring and you have to have the, the shtick and the personality to go with it and i think on a scale of 
one to ten, Shayna Baszler's personality is a two. Ronda's any better? Ronda can talk a lick. Ronda is not great on the mic, but Ronda is good at screaming, yelling, and getting aggression out to the point where she didn't necessarily need to use the microphone. The minute you gave her the microphone, it was the drizzle and shits. It was bad. It didn't, but she still had that buzz about her. She still had something to go with her. It's like having an entree, but you have no side dishes, right? Yeah. Well, sure. What else you got? What else you got in the bag? Yeah. So, but I mean, Dennis, it's it's too bad because Shayna Baszler's so good. Shayna Baszler's fantastic. Why do you think? Okay, so so if we're talking about Shayna Baszler, let's talk about the original four horsewomen. Jessamine Duke. Jessamine Duke was one of them. She is not currently signed to anyone else. Was it Charlotte Flair? Um, oh my God, uh, Shayna Baszler and the girl who's on AEW, uh, Marina Shafir. Yeah. Well, why why hasn't Justin Dukes been brought in? Why what was she just given up on? They... Justin Duke, even her MMA career kind of ended a bit weird. I don't know. I don't know what happened. She just kind of fizzled out. I mean, I can see that as well. It's um, you can't really you can't fizzle out in WWE if you never really given much of a start to begin with, True. because everyone's a blank canvas for the most part, and it's up to creative and to some degree the talent to come up with what is it that makes me different than everybody else. So if you have the four horsewomen, unless you're going to push them where they're going to terrorize the entire women's division and they're going to be these submission machines, unless you really program them to be that way, then individually it's just going to be the same thing. Wash, rinse, and repeat. You know what I mean? Oh, here's another arm bar. Okay, well, here's another whatever. But you have to build them to be something. And unless you do that, then yeah, Jessamine Dukes, what's different between her and Shayna Baszler? Or her and um, fill in the blank. Yeah, well, you're right. Fair enough. Now, I will say um, Shayna is projected to win this one. This obviously is not a surprise for the simple fact that what we believe this is the end. This is the the swan song for Ronda Rousey. So obviously they're going to have her. Cody and Brock, obviously everyone knows that uh, Cody Rhodes is going to end up winning this one because of the story. You know, I think here's the interesting thing about the Cody Rhodes situation. Whenever someone says, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, why is Cody feuding with Brock? First of all, that was a shit show. Like how they set that up. We talked about that. That was weird. But it wasn't just that, but it was like no matter what Cody does on the side, it's like there's a path to Roman. But then sometimes he'll take a turn. Or here, I'll help to make a turn there, and he'll feud with other people along the way on the road to WrestleMania. No one ever expects him he's going to lose any of these feuds. Some of these feuds may go three matches. He'll win two out of three of them. It's just, it's so predictable. It is very predictable. I mean, I remember reading an article where somebody said, Cody Rhodes not winning the championship at WrestleMania 39 was a big mistake. And then I read another article where somebody said, no, it made the most sense. 
Because think about it. Cody Rhodes came into WWE, didn't do shit, was number 30 or whatever it was in the Rumble, wins the Rumble, now becomes the automatic number one contender, and he ain't really done anything. He just got to WWE. And it's just like, oh, we're going to just jump you ahead of line from everybody else. And I was talking to somebody, and they said, that doesn't really work very well when you're telling a story. And do you know who they've done that with, and it hasn't been a very good story, and it's backfired on them? No. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte doesn't do anything. Charlotte's back from an injury, or Charlotte's back from vacationing in Cabo or wherever she's at. The minute Charlotte enters the picture again, world champion. She's right back in the mix. It's like, what? That's true. I mean, it's name power, but it's like, it, 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 it's ridiculous in my opinion. I mean, it's the same thing what they did with Hogan. Hogan came into WCW and he was cutting promos and interviews about Ric Flair. And all of a sudden, his first match back, Bash at the Beach in, was it Daytona, Florida or Orlando? Uh, Shaquille O'Neal came out with him. Mr. T came out with him. Jimmy Hart came out with him and somebody else. Muhammad Ali was sitting ringside along with Hogan's then wife and he beat Flair for the title. He didn't do anything. He didn't come in and have, you know, great matches and I, well, I beat this guy and I beat but that. But he guy. didn't need to. Hogan didn't need to. But the point is though, people don't necessarily always like that. If someone just comes in and it's like, oh, here we go again. Wash, rinse, and repeat. That could be reasons why people are Hogan detractors. And I think that's why Charlotte Flair has probably more people who are non-pro her than are pro Charlotte Flair. That might be a good poll question as well. Are you high on Charlotte Flair these days? Or has your fanhood from her uh, waned? Yeah, that'd be a good. That should be a real good. One. Just to see what people have to say about. Yeah, I was usually really behind her. Now it's like eh, kind of getting sick of the same stuff. It's a good call. Anyway, um, I did want to bring up um, another topic. Obviously, I know we're we're running long here. Um, yeah, eleven forty-five. Okay. Um, really quick, uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle lost on Monday Night Raw, and a lot of people are saying that. Matt Riddle's behavior, his suspension, the way he carries himself, man, it's just not working. And a lot of people believe that when his contract expires, he will not get renewed in WWE. You and I talked about this. We talked about it. I said, who's probably not going to be with the company in five years? And I said, Matt Riddle. And you said, I don't know if I buy into that. I really do believe that the, the writing's on the wall. Matt Riddle is not getting pushed. He's not on SummerSlam. I don't think he's in the Battle Royal. If he is, I'd be surprised. I think that he is going to be a soon-to-be-forgotten guy, in my opinion. Okay. Why? I think he's he's getting forgotten, not because of the, the marijuana or whatever he did or his actions. I think because Matt Riddle by himself isn't that interesting. When he was with Randy Orton, 
it made him interesting. Matt Riddle got the rub from Randy Orton. And that's what made people notice Matt Riddle more. They noticed him before when he had the, uh, what, not the tricycle, um, whatever you could, the scooter, and he did the flip-flops. He was kind of hot for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, okay, this is same old, same old Matt Riddle. So I think what WWE decided to do was we need to do something with Matt Riddle to make him more interesting. Well, what are we doing with Randy? Let's see if Randy can bring this guy up. And it was good. Randy gets injured. Matt does some nefarious things. Is Matt all that interesting anymore? Do you see Matt being somebody who I thought Matt Riddle could be a WWE champion at one point. I honest to God did. Mm-hmm. I think he most had, people did. He had the intangibles. He had everything, but it just, for whatever reason, never panned out. And I think it's a damn shame, but because when you bring Randy Orton back, I don't think you're going to put him back with Matt Riddle again. I'll tell you that. I think what you should do is you should have Matt confront Randy. I haven't heard from you. What, what, what's been going on? You never contacted me. And then he just continues to hound Randy Orton, hound Randy Orton, become annoying. And then that's going to set up the first match from Randy Orton coming back, and he's going to take out Matt Riddle. And where Matt Riddle goes from there, we don't know. You may then see Matt Riddle show back up in NXT. Don't be surprised on that call. Look at you. You are red hot tonight. I'm red hot because I'm drinking the Red Bull. Guys, if you want to be red hot, make sure that you can stay awake. And don't blink for an hour and a half podcast. Make sure you drink your Red Bull. Also, by the way, if you have any heart issues or anything like that, please consult your doctor before drinking Red Bull. I don't recommend drinking Red Bull to anyone else. It's not healthy. It's not safe. And it smells like kerosene. So, Don't listen to Freeland. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. I'm drinking it because I am very tired and I have a four-month-old, and I wanted to make sure I was awake for one of my most favorite things to do, and that is to talk to the butt. I don't want to make fun of you for that, but uh, but I can't. I was actually really nice. can't. See? I appreciate that. See? I booked you in a corner. Uh, you want to turn heel on me, but you know what? I did. But and, no, and he's it. being nice to me. I'll, I'll let That's this right. one slide. I'll send you a nasty text tomorrow morning or something. I appreciate I, I would expect nothing less. Um, guys, if you're enjoying our podcast, remember, we joked earlier, the Pesky Podcast is all about the Boston Red Sox. Follow the boys this summer as we come into the home stretch. It's the second half of the season. Obviously, we know that the summer weather is winding down and cool fall weather is in the air. Will the Red Sox make the postseason or will the Rays and the Yankees hold them off? Find out all this information on the Pesky Podcast. You can find them anywhere. Find podcasts are made available. You can follow the writ on social media as well, as he will keep you up to date with everything. They also have merchandise that's available as well. Contact the writ through personal DM, and he can get you all hooked up. Once again, the Pesky Podcast brought to you by the Front Row Material brand. All right. Do you like my cooking pictures I've been sending you recently? They've been amazing. Like, seriously, I would have never known you could cook like that. Love cooking, love cooking. And uh, my wife told me, she said the other night, she's like, you spend more time cooking some things that should be fairly basic. And I told her this. I said, it's about presentation. It's about presentation, baby. And uh, no, love cooking. So. Oh, so it's the pictures you sent. And then 
I was making pulled pork sandwiches. Oh, crap. No, Which send it. Looks like crap. No, I take a picture. Pulled <laughs> pork is fantastic. Oh, my God. Pulled oh, pork I agree. It's a good. great meal. But then, oh, you know, man. yours is all fancy. and No, I wouldn't send you a picture of that. Well, to answer your question on the air, what you texted me. Yes, in Cincinnati, wherever. If we're ever in an area where there's a kitchen nearby, I literally will make you whatever you want. Well, guarantee um, if I'm in Cincinnati, it'll be an Airbnb. So it'll definitely be a kitchen. I'll even make you some poutine. 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 I'll make a I'll make a Cincinnati version of it. Sounds good. I'll give it a try. All right, toy man. Um, when is the next big toy show that's coming up? Uh, August twenty sixth. Let me get my calendar here. Linda makes me put it all on a calendar now. August twenty yeah. sixth. B and B Show and Shine. It's a memorial car show. Nice in uh, Harrowsmith. It's a uh, twenty minutes north of here. Uh, a good friend of mine. He runs a uh, Rapture Window Tinting and car detail, car decals and car wrapping. Nice. So he's one of the main sponsors, and he spoke to me, and so I'm going to be selling my toys there, and as well, we're going to be running some kind of a little um, fundraiser. Uh, so I, have, I made up 50 smaller toy roadsters. We're going to sell them for 10 bucks a pop. The kids can decorate them. Linda's going to set up a little decorating stand. And all money raised from that, we're going to take and donate it to the South Frontenac Fire Department. Dude, that's awesome. So uh, the the B&B, those two good friends, they both unfortunately perished in car accidents. Not too far apart from each other. Both young young men. And at the South Frontenac Fire Department, I responded to both wrecks from a story that I know. So all everything raised there was donated to them. And how it's going to work is uh, I'm going to build a ramp, and you launch your car down the ramp, and the car goes furthest is going to win a prize. That's awesome. So yeah, just going to try to give back a little bit. I like that, like a like a soapbox derby in a way. Yeah, just catching air. Like, are, I could get around to making the ramp, though. I haven't got that yet. You'll, you'll, you'll figure it out, right? Oh, There's yeah. always enough time in, in the Butts workshop. Oh, yeah, I'll figure it out on the 25th. No I was, me. I was, I was <laughs> just about to say, no matter how many orders come in or how many toys that this man has to make, he always finds a way to get it done. I'm telling you, this guy is 10 times better than Santa ever was. Um. And I mean that because I think you do a fantastic job in what you do and you're passionate about what you do. You love giving back and you like putting smiles on people's faces. And uh, I'm proud of you. I really Absolutely. am. You've done a, You've done a hell of a great job. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. That's, that's very kind words. Um, what else? What else? What else was I going to say? Well, I think that's about the end of it. So for listening to this podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Um, shoot us a message on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. You can follow me and shoot me DMs. I'm at the Mike Friedland, T-H-E-M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Butster, what is your Twitter X, whatever Elon Musk wants to call it this week? What's uh, your handle? Uh, Twitter's at G-O-T-N-E-W-F. 
perfect. You got it. So hit us up. Let us know your wrestling questions, your food questions, anything about Canada. We'd love to go ahead and engage with you on social media. Guys, for The Butster, I am Mike Freeland. It has been so much fun. We will catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Breakfast.